Warning. 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 Trigger alert. She about to say some real shit. Hey, Brad. <laughs> hey, you cute little baby. Hola. I'm drinking this giant cup of water. Is it refreshing mm. and delicious? Yes. Stay hydrated, my friend. Always. Yes, it's so important. It is important, and I often overlook it. I learned that on the. You know when I learned how to stay when to stay hydrated was when I was on tour, and like it was the difference between life and death. I mean, when you are thirsty, it's almost too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. It's Before good. bottled water was like everywhere, how did people stay hydrated? <laughs> how did they do that? They they drank um, mead. <laughs> <laughs> what is mead? Mead. It's like ancient beer. Oh. Back when they when everyone drank mead, it was slightly alcoholic, and even children drank it because water wasn't clean. For this is actually well, true. I I knew I knew that in Amsterdam. That they all everybody drank beer, yeah, because, because the, the water the water was so polluted. On it, right, yeah. right, right. And, and that, even kids were drinking mead, oh well, or whatever beer. Listen, <laughs> the more mead, the better. <laughs> we need to bring them into New York City public schools or something. <laughs> but yeah, staying hydrated is is important. And um, you know, now that I'm working at home, I fucking forget to. Drink water. Right. That's the crazy thing, right? Right. Because you're like, be easier. it should be easier. But you need one of like, those little things that has like a counter on it, a little bottle with a counter. Ding. Time to refill. I don't know. Because at work, like, or at my, you know, studio or something, I always had like a bottle of water, yeah. like, ready to go. No, and it was just like, you're de- and then you're home, you're like, oh, I got to take a glass out of the cabinet yeah, and like fill it up and like, oh, it's so much work. I know. It's the same thing with me. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. I've noticed it. I think that we get in habits of like going somewhere, like getting offered like a beverage and like that's when you're hydrating. Mm-hmm. And then when you're at home, you're literally like a leaf. You're dehydrating. <laughs> you're like a drying leaf. Like in- <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of drawing leaves. <laughs> Yes, do tell. <laughs> um, one of my drawing leaves was our last podcast. <laughs> it was, but, but also um, one of uh, of the people who loves the dry leaf <laughs> is our is going to be our guest today. One of, a very old friend of mine that I've known since I was a teenager. Oh yeah, and that's obvious in this show. And yes, we love we love the dry leaf. <laughs> Not as a metaphor, but as re- as as a real thing. We have we have stash too. Yeah, baby. Um, and we're going to talk about his very interesting career and the sub section of graffiti, 
art for commerce, the birth of streetwear, the birth of sneaker culture. Oh, yeah. He was there. He was there. He was like in in the center of the of the storm. And he's happy to talk about it. <laughs> in, in, in fact, the, adamant. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he really was, um, you know, a pioneer yeah. in, in that respect. And, um, you know, he's a lovely, he's a lovely gentleman. Certainly. And um, I love his family. I know. We couldn't do this without him. <laughs> without his family. Without his family, we love we we have major love for his uh, his offspring. <laughs> but I have I had you know I didn't talk to Josh. I guess for like ten or fifteen years. Really? Not that I like if I would see him, I of course we would be like, hey, what's right. up? And then you'd walk away and you'd be like, you dick. <laughs> Like, who is that guy? Oh, fuck that guy. Like, don't talk to that guy. No, but, you know, that's because you love them. Right. You know, you hate them because you love them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Josh and I didn't, like, vibe for a while. We were not um, seeing eye to eye in in a lot of things. But, of course, like, two people that love each other, we came back together. together. You got to come back together. But I think Josh has changed. And changed for the better, right? Um, through some very painful moments in his career, yeah. And you know what? All mistakes like happen for a reason, you know. And if you don't learn from them, like you're really doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, if you don't learn from them, then you're really losing out. And you have to evolve, and you have to better yourself. And and I can truly say that. Um, I think there is a vast improvement in in Josh's attitude in general. In Stash 2.0. In Stash (laughs) 2.0. Let's jump into this interview, yo. Go. We're we're starting the podcast. Here we go, Brad. Hi. Speeding. (laughs) Roll camera. Um... I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, Claudia. Claudia. Stashy, stashy. So, wow. so I've been doing um, extensive research on you on the interwebs. Oh, when <laughs> you search stash too, do you know what comes up? I don't. Some weird wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and so stash two. You look up stash two graffiti. They have like a graffiti wallet, and then they. It looks like a nice wallet though. Who's graffiti? Not yours. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Call the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you look up stash graffiti graffiti, there you are. Okay. How'd that work? Um, I thought most of the interviews were very, like, uh, sort of basic and generic. I want to talk about that. As am I. No, (laughs) shut up. So, okay. I've learned that you were from Long Island. Didn't even know that. Did you tell your audio peoples in the claw money world that we have a long history? Are you going to save that? Well, first of all, okay. So uh, let's I do have this. No, uh, okay. We've known each other a very long time. Oh, 30 plus years. Yes. Can we? Can you believe that? Well, I don't like to admit my age, but now I do. Yeah. I mean, no, we I'm, were, we're I was 
I was under we 20 when I met you. Yeah, we were children. Um, When I met you in the late 80s, it was through Zapper. I know exactly where we were. That crazy saloon on Lafayette that Street. That fucking goddamn bar. That was saloon. the bar. It was like a saloon or something. What was it? It was, what, it was called the saloon. Some shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was on Lafayette. like just Lafayette, right, right across from Deuce's <laughs> from Zephy's Fat place. shout out to Andy. Do you remember that apartment with of like shake from the Stop from the it. subway? Like I every 15 there. minutes? I lived in there. <laughs> So, okay, so yes, yeah, so I met right. I met you through Zephy um at the saloon. And then by way of And then I rem- <laughs> and then right, and then I remember when I would go over and like visit him, you would be like in there like doing little drawings. Yeah. <laughs> I was the Padawan. Yeah, you were cute and um, Amazing. So we, you know, I just want to head to Yes, know. yes, yes, yes. We have just known each other for a very long time. So, There's okay. going to be a lot of cynical, snappy, right, so laughy gonna, shit. They totally should know why. Insidery shit. Okay. So you're originally from Long Island and then you moved around. And then when did you come to Manhattan? Because you're no, just the, like the quintessential downtown the boy. Growing up, when I lived in the Upper East Side, like 89th Street, when I first kind of like those. Hey, go to school on your own, you know, just a couple blocks up to your left. That's you now. Those years are when I came back to the city. Can you imagine sort of, letting your kid go to school by themselves now? Like, you can't I, do that no, anymore. but I did. I know. I, did I it mean, twice. I, know. I did it twice. And yeah, I can imagine it, you know, for <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. But it's funny because they make you do that. Kids today are like, no, 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 you stay there. The embarrassment level of who we are to our children today. I didn't have that with my mother, and certainly she wouldn't tolerate that shit anyway. Mm. I'll drop you off where I tell you I drop you. You know, if I would have said to my mother, stay on that corner, let me walk, the way I, I, you know, obey my children like a dog, you know, like. My kid does it to me too. Yeah, and it's just, it is what it is. And then I he turns around and he goes, be a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll well, try. You're in, you're <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, so I, I did, you know, I live that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's cool. I, I like having city kids for that reason. Okay, so you were on the on the upper Upper East Side. Upper East Side. So you grew up on the Upper East Side? I my my reintroduction to the city as a young person where uh-huh. like I say that the shaped years of where you sort of find out your own cuz you do get to go out on right. your own. Right. That was Upper East Side, 89th Street, then I lived on 77th Street okay. for a few years. And then we moved to the West Village. Right, cuz like that's a, like I Met you West Village years. when you right, and then you transition from the West Village yeah. to Astor Place. Yeah, well, I was on Astor Place, and then where the fuck did I go after that? I think I went Brooklyn. No, I was back uptown. Remember, like yes, I, I was do. living. My friend had hooked me up in some Mount Sinai. I building. remember that vaguely, apartment. Yes. Vaguely, it was all wood. Like the walls some were wood. Crazy, it was crazy. weird. Living uh-huh. in a boat, mm-hmm. and then um, back downtown. Like I don't know. I right? did a lot of up and, and down you, in Manhattan. But then, then you then really I jumped to Brooklyn, right? And you when really I had my kid, I moved to Brooklyn. We're down for Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn, the the the. Best. But you had your baby on Eldridge Street. Yeah, and I remember and, visiting. And right. okay, so for those who don't know, right? right? Like I. You, I had a retail store called Recon back That's in the right. early 90s, late 90s, or what have you. And We're going to talk about all that stuff. But just the reason my leap to Brooklyn was my own demise, because having a store in a block 
that we were the first existing store. There was a lot of turnover in these storefronts. That's right. And we really rooted heavily, and we had a lot of good input because of the community. That's and, right. Bob Barr. And our friends. Recon. And everybody was really made that block very strong. Right. And when my lease was up, my effing landlord was like, yeah, we're going to double the rent. And I was like, yeah, why is that? He's like, well, now that there's retail on the block and all these You're things. You're like, it's me. <laughs> and you know what his answer to that was? What? So you should be able to afford it. Get the, right? So I was like, you know what? Peace, I'm out. You're like, all my money goes to my employees, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, and the vendors. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We were like Mr. Magoo, thumbing away, nudging along. I mean, I'm an artist. I'm not a retailer. I don't come from that background, but I managed to find myself Let's Let's dial back a little bit, right? Like, okay. So... Now you're you're a city kid. You had some some crazy shit going on in your in your later teens, as we all do. And you were also sort of immersed in graffiti. Yeah. When was the last time you did like a legal subway graffiti? I mean, I'm sure the the cops aren't coming. Yeah, I'm not, you know, hey, you know what? Catch me if you can. No. Um, it's your word against this podcast. Right, totally, right. Um, we live in a world of hashtags and disclaimers, so put right. it all here. Totally, whatever. totally. Um, you know, funny enough, it was like the, the, last, late 80s, right? the last train, the last time we painted a train, it was myself, Zephyr, I think Shaker. Oh, damn. And Alex. A guy who used shout to Shout out to Lust. Lust. Shout out to Lust. No shout out. But first of all, you and Lust. <laughs> we're not. We'll, we'll I know end this not. podcast right now. Totally <laughs> no. But you and Lust, you guys were like, you guys were like the crew. You guys had these little leather jackets with like furry collars. I didn't have the furry collar. He had the furry collar. <laughs> you, I but you, you guys I had a leather well, jacket. Really no, I had the fly leather jacket. You guys I'm not were cute. Fur. You guys were cute. Yeah, no yeah, fur. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't share link up. But I remember <laughs> my state. Like having like words with Lust. It works with everybody. And then it was like, oh, but wait, we're both cool with stash or yeah, something. And it was like, that makes sense. That happened to me a lot. That was a lot of why today our lives are in two. It's okay, right? Right. It's okay to be an adult and say, hey, man, we lived what we lived, but you're there and I'm here. I don't choose to go back. And that's okay. I'm right? sure you guys would be no, hugging and love. Oh, hell no. I'll give you a story about like <laughs> two summers ago running into dude and I was like, he's why? weird. He's very weird now. You know, he, he is who he is. Okay. I am who I am. Right. We've just grown apart. We're not kids anymore. We're not coming up. Life life happened. Right. And reuniting with somebody on a on a sour, what ended on a sour note, it's not like, oh, what up, G? How's the, it's sort of like, oh, Christ, let me look at my phone. Maybe you don't see me. You know what I mean? Maybe I can look yeah. down. That's how I felt when I right. initially had my first sighting in 10 how years. Weirdly, Sorry, I don't, G. Have, I don't uh, if all these people that I like really like disliked or something, like, I feel like I don't even. I'm not even. Mad I used anymore. to be very confrontational. Okay, I oh, choose. Uh, you really? And, uh, not yeah. anymore. No, oh, no. <laughs> not really. No, no, not really. Stash, you're like, you're Stash 2.0 is a different operating system, right? Okay. right? I've learned, and the bugs have kind of. N- Kind of shown me. I've had, learned like, by proxy. Adam, Adam Schatz is here, get, peering yeah, over his glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, He's reading like, the fine print. <laughs> Listen, people can dispute it or not. People that know me sort of understand what I'm saying, and I know jokingly you aside, are you con- know. you are a kinder, gentler person, but you are but under a lot is, of stress. Life and is shit, different right? now. Life and, is different and, now. And right, we're like old all, and we grown. All came from where we came from. If you don't like it, fuck you. And if you do like it, well, then you understand. And I'm not, I'm not fuing people in that way. But like, listen, man, 
you want to cling to something from 20 years ago. I know, that's so on dumb. you. That's so dumb. That's on you. Right. Hey, yo, but that being said, my feeling for this person we're talking about, yeah, it's real to me. I'm holding it, but I'm not turning it into a negative. Right. I diffused it like, hey, no, thank you. It's okay. We can live two different lives. We've done it for 20 years. Why do we all of a sudden have to, oh, yo, bro down like it's 1984? I don't think so. Right. I'm living the life I'm living right now. I have things that I'm doing. Totally. You're doing what you're doing. Totally. Go do that. You know what I mean? It's too exhausting to hold a grudge, really. It's too easy, too. It's a waste of bandwidth. You can do so much other shit with that. Don't rent that space in your head. Strangely enough, he's really divorced himself from everybody in his life. But you know what? He's wasted too much of our podcast. Moving on. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Brad. This time is way too precious. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, okay, so you painted with Lost Shaker 179. And Mr. Gold. I think he did a gold piece. Ah, yes, yes, the yes. infamous. Yes, the infamous Zephyr who... Um, and, you know, really, Andy is such an inspiration to the movement, but because of our friendships, and I know you have a personal friendship with him, and I do. Oh, I don't have... A, I haven't talked to Andy in, like... Nobody has. Andy hasn't talked to any of us, right? Kinda, right. He's sort of, done, again, living life, doing his right, thing. Right, right, right. Again, not in a negative. Heads just grow and do what they do. He's... We've reunited of late, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of reminiscing and a lot of photos and things that we've shared. I mean, shared. he's 75 years old. God, <laughs> God bless him. I wish I could be his fly, but his influence on me as a person I mean, is it's, bigger it's than huge. it was as an artist. I'm just saying like- To me a, too. Right? I mean, but I feel like every- like, That dude blessed me. He so really blessed much me. of my like young adult life was spent being sort of molded by him, not- that he knew, like... No, the share, but, right. his embracing us and our, like, hunger for the movement mm-hmm. and understanding. You couldn't get a better teacher. You couldn't get a better older brother or somebody that was just just naturally like, yeah, roll with me. It wasn't like a... Uh, he, left, he, le- he left me at the yard a couple times. That, well, God bless him. Yeah, he, he was never like, took he me was, to the yard. We only went, like, once or twice. He was fucking pissed, and he was like, why? Like, why is she fucking doing throw-ups? She's, like, blowing up the spot. But I was like, I have to fucking do it. But like, that is life, and that's yeah. an amazing life And I was like, lesson. I can just motherfucker just left me at fucking five in the morning by myself out here in Queens? Like, fuck. Amazing. Yeah, whatever. That's amazing. Shout out to Zephyr. No doubt. <laughs> all day long. All day long. And it's amazing because... Our movement, right, whatever, yes. is now, like, my daughter, as you know, right. Arielle, is in college, and they're teaching and her. Works, and works for. Intern for, for Claw Money. That's right. right. She is. She works for the <laughs> podcast. Inter, yeah. That's right. They're teaching her about street art in her college, and she's sending me all these little things like wheat pasting and throw-ups and everything she knows about. She's laughing to herself. She's like, like easy A. <laughs> right? I mean, in a weird way, but I'm so thankful and grateful as an artist and a component of what we've done, that it needs to be taught. It needs to be in the Smithsonian. It needs to be encompassed in, hey, man, this is an art form, much like pop art and all the other shit. We're I mean, when we're dead, it's going to be super important for sure. I but, just feel but like... you know what? Our elder statesmen are dying, and they're dead, and the people we got it handed down from are, and we need to... I like that it's being taught. I don't care that it's all about Shepard Ferry, but if he's a gateway for people to he understand is. the origin of our movement, God bless him because he's a team player as well. And he will open dialogue and he does understand the graph movement came from a different world. But that's we we're all self-branding without even knowing what we were doing then. You can label it any way you want. But as Scheme so poetically put it in Star Wars, we did it for us. 
We didn't do it for civilians. We, it was our own community. It was our way of living our world well, and, and having to deal with the bullshit around us, right? In retrospect, though, don't you think it's sort of odd, though, that graffiti has sort of stopped the mentorship like as a movement where no. it, it's it 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 bothers me it bothers me too but you know when that stopped you uh, know exactly what i'm gonna say the commodification of our movement changed everything okay yeah. as graffiti artists graffiti writers or whatever you want to subcategorize yourself within that context it wasn't until you got paid that you stepped out of the shadow you didn't really want civilians to know. You didn't even want maybe even other artists to sure. know who you were. There was a beauty in the anonymity of what we did. And Lee and Wild Style sure. and all that sort of, wow, yeah, there were artists that were very, oh, shit, you know him? No, you don't know him. That's not really, like Banksy today is an example okay. of you do or you don't, believe what you want to believe, whatever, whatever. However, the commodification, yo, 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 I did that. Now heads are claiming where they never once claimed. And now... Right, the, and now there's a now competition the for money. Right, the, lo- the block is a lot smaller. The block's a lot smaller. The train 60 feet became like, that's my 60 feet, yo. I ain't <laughs> doing like window down with two other motherfuckers. This is my, right. Fuck, go get your own shit. Right? So I believe personally, and I think the shift, another shift within our movement was the commodification. And yeah, the lifestyle and how we live as humans... There's no respect for elders anymore. The chivalry is there fucking is half no, dead. Right, there is no respect Kids for Kids today have people. this like self-entitlement problem. And what we learned as young adults, pick up a broom or, you know, get the hair out of your face. Let me look at your eyes. All the, you know, that's gone. Those traditions, we're losing them. So I Because can see- we are parents and we're like, fuck the system. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I put uh, like, it on my kids the same way I got it put on me. I'm one of the hopefully trying daily with them the way I believe. Like, hey man, have some respect. Of course, First and I am, I am too. But you better than, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, I see a lot of contemporaries and other people that maybe don't have kids or whatever it is, but they live this way and they have this fuck. They're gonna have a big pill to swallow. Right? Like, nobody owes you fucking anything, homie. You got to do your own shit. Forget this bling and... Right. You know, heads want to get to step five without two, three, and four. It doesn't work. Right. Okay? We watch it daily. You advise your children not to, hey, learn, build the foundation. You can... People are just, like, skipping along and falling left and right. Right. Fuck that. Like, I just think it's a really fucked up world we live in. There's a real lack of respect. There's no heritage. Everything is like next day air, minute rice. Quick, quick, next, subject to change. Blue's out, red's in. No, rep. did I say red? I meant black. That's already done. We're on white. Come on, man. What, what these do we poor hold? kids. These poor fucking kids. <laughs> no, How these poor are they? adults. These poor adults because our kids have to catch up. They're the ones taking care of us now in the next 10, 15 but years. But they're not. But do, don't you but read the do, stats? They don't take care of. They don't take care of but, their parents but, anymore. But that's what I'm saying. That's a fear of mine. Like, how did my parents get me to. I worry about my mom. Sure. I will take care of my mother. To the, I'm a 52-year-old mama's boy. God bless her for making me who I am. Right. However, respect due. And I will be there as much as I can, and you need me, right? Right. I hope my kids feel the same way because you don't see that in the world we live in. The world we live in is, like I say, so quick. So everybody's looking down at their right, phone. Right, and it's very like a me-centered. It's, it's all me, right, me, me, me. Right, right. It's an opera. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get part of it, and yeah, there could be a couple alignments along the way. And okay. It could work, right? You can multitask. 
Okay. But not at the light of speed, not at what's going on right now. I don't give a fuck how fly you are. Okay, you, so you think mentorship d- dissolved when people started getting paid? Yes. And then uh, everybody had their elbows out like, this is, and, I, and the I'm elder getting this money. the statesmen that were doing the mentorship, uh-huh. the next generation didn't in turn pass that down and bring the next group of people in because they're too busy hustling. We didn't use words like hustle and... Because nobody ever made any money from fucking graffiti. But even if you did, you <laughs> shared it with home. Yo, right. I got yo, you gotta meet this guy. Right. Oh my god. Totally. You brought in your partner, your friend, your crew, whatever it was. So you're seventeen years old. You're one of the youngest artists. This is also something I found on the internet. I'm beat red. Showed, right? <laughs> Showed at seventeen with with Herring and, mm-hmm. and Basquiat. Can I clarify that? Yeah. Patty Astor. But, right. Fun gallery. Fun gallery. Right. The Den and mother Bill, of downtown, and Bill, the, right? Then she's the goddess. Right. She included that. It's great on my resume, the way a friend of mine who helped me craft. I don't write about, I have mm. people help me. I don't know how to talk about myself kind of thing. Like write me a little mm-hmm. bio based on my history. But that show, mad heads from the neighborhood were in that show. Sure. I'm going to highlight real the shit out of that. So people go, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Nobody would know half the other artists, but Patty was so embracing of the movement it wasn't just her entourage or her artist in her stable so why do you think she dropped out like uh, like shortly I afterwards dro- i don't think she dropped out I mean, well she that, went to hollywood to like kind of like life was hard could you imagine what she went through could you it's nice to look back at it but okay. you're a shop owner you're a totally mentor you're a businesswoman you're a artist could you imagine what it was like to try and juggle that with these group of people no must have been just so think annoying. about the yeah she she gave up a lot for us, in my opinion. Right. And that show that I get to highlight real on my CV on my CV is wonderful because everybody, oh, John Michelle, Keith Harris. Mm-hmm. They don't care about any of the other. You could be like, Zephyr, Revolt, John Michelle, oh, shit. You know, because isn't of, it Isn't it sad, it's though, game. It's that game. like- it's association. That like Zephyr, Revolt, Quick- these guys like fucking gods. put it fucking they fucking put it down they're all gods and it's, walking amongst men and yeah. and <laughs> um they're they're not a household name it's just no, crazy it's crazy but this is why this is why this class hopefully that my daughter's taking mm-hmm. or as it gets more they get educated the educators they can educate the students a good friend of ours is opening a museum of graffiti alan kett taking on a huge a undertaking <laughs> Wow. I don't know the politics because we live in a crazy Honey, world. Honey, you know I had beef with like millions of people. We don't have no, no, I don't we know. Have no beef. I didn't know I'm we totally were at the cool barbecue. With, I didn't know totally we were at the barbecue. Cool with Kat. I thought we but were. But I mean, I don't just, like. I thought I we were at the you yeah. know cafeteria. I don't know we were having a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no beef. I'm strictly tofu no, no, today. No, 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 totally. Anyway, I think it's really important that any, forget him, but just not really, but just. <laughs> The, the idea of any any medium that can educate the masses and cement what we've d- been part of because we're lower tier. Okay, so now let me ask you something. I think do it's fucking th- important. Okay, so do you think that you can actually have a museum of graffiti being a graffiti writer and in this hyper-political you know, allies and non-allies and enemies and... Um, how can you have a museum of graffiti and sort of not include people that are super important because you don't get along with them? Don't you think I, it's sort of like a? Gonna, but I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Now, can I ask? You, can can I? Can the question? And I'm be down asked? with Kat. Like I'm okay, not no, saying no, can like. Can I ask but you a question? I, you're, like, you're a good friend with Roger, right? Roger Gassman and you guys. 
Uh, okay, good friend, maybe whatever. You have a history with Roger. I do. You've worked with him in different, <laughs> no, but in different mediums. No, sure. In different mediums. You've sure. art directed, you've right. fashion okay. designed, uh-huh. You've, uh-huh. you've done yes, art I've shows I've done with lots Ro- okay. of stuff with Roger. I've never been asked to be in any of those shows. Now, I don't expect to be. Okay. I'm not in the circle of, okay. I'm not on the palette of, I'm okay. doing other things. But I feel completely represented in Beyond the Streets. I don't need my art on the wall. I need the movement to be discussed on a global level that I agree opens with you. doors I agree for with everybody. You. Fuck this beefing. Yo, my dude, you know, Mike 97 is the shit. How come he's not in your show? Everybody's beefing, but nobody's looking at it like, yo, we just elevated the game yet again. Get with the fucking program or get the fuck out of my way. I agree with you. Because you're clogging the feed. I agree. With I don't you. need this bullshit. That's right. I go to the show. I shake Roger's hands. I say, congratulations. I'm going to look him in the face as a man. And I'm fucking psyched to see the people I know in the show, the people that I don't know. You just educated me. Some I feel, eh, okay. I'm a critic like anybody, but I'm not a curator. I'm not a, right? I'm, I'm. Can't, but do you think, and I am in Beyond the Streets. But do you think, no, no, do you think that Beyond the Streets is is an accurate representation of what you would think an all-inclusive, like, major graffiti museum type of show should be? Because even though I'm in it and I'm a friend of Roger's, I felt there was a vast hole missing. But it wasn't a graffiti show. It's a street art. Right, right. It's an encompass of the relevance of the art we're subjected to in our movement right now. Ket, and I hope they do mm-hmm. it right. I hope mm-hmm. he staffs it with the right people because, yes, there is bias in, yo, fuck you, you went over me in 73, you'll never be in my shit. I get it. We all quietly resent and, what you mean this dude's coming up? Fuck that dude. You know, there's there's always rubbing elbows. It doesn't matter what we do. Lust to his own room. No. Stop, <laughs> stop lying to yourself. Just in general. It doesn't have to be super negative, but there is a, hey, 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 I'm the first in line. Get the fuck out of here. Whatever it is. I get that. Mm-hmm. If if it's staffed and done the right way, it's, it's one more hope that we can get one more step. See, you know. I weirdly feel like it has to be somebody who's kind of outside of the culture, who it hasn't been sort of ear bent to people's uh likes and dislikes and and uh i i just think that if i was opening the museum of graffiti it would be my people's and i would leave a lot of people out of the show that i didn't necessarily like vibe with maybe i didn't even know about I mean, or that's whatever a possibility, you know what right? i mean my my experience with alan is when he started his magazines and his i know him I didn't even know Miss Cat. I didn't even know who the fuck Cat was. I was already done writing on trains. I was like, Cat, all right, what is it? You know, like, I was already, like, not a graffiti snob next level, but, you know, when you sort of, like. I had real, like, gra- graffiti beef with that guy. Yeah. So, like, it's I, weird. I like, it's, that. like, weird I, and deep. I learned like, through right. Reese and mutual right. friends. Oh, these are our boys out in Queens. Right, this right, guy. Right, right, I didn't know what was going on. I was so in my own world. Right. And I still am. Fuck sure. me, right? So, I didn't know what was going on two feet in front of me. I learned about him through a different way, and he was like, I was like, wow, this dude's kind of really sort of like educating and sort of the dialogue that he, I met him with, I was very fascinated with because I was like, wow, somebody can articulate our movement and communicate it, and it felt real to me. It didn't feel like some of these other magazines or some of the other contrived bullshit. You just want to use the sound of spray paint in the background, get a hip-hop artist to reach your demographic. Well, he was like a real writer. It was like a real yeah, dude doing real shit. So I had a, that's how I met him. Okay. So I hope, and I hope, I said I have, I hope, I, hope, I, I, hope. Uh-huh. I really hope 
as I do with anybody that's undertaking something. When Martin Wong did the Museum we are of getting American so, Graffiti. We are getting so sidetracked, I want to talk about you. I know. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I hope he does it right. The education of our movement is very important. So good luck. To those who are doing that, we that? I want the I want the Josh <laughs> I want the up. Josh Good. interview. You painted your last train with these Zephyr. dudes. Yeah, let's just say Zeph. The other and then, <laughs> you, why did you choose to stop writing graffiti? Was the heat on you? No, it wasn't heat. It was time. It, it was, was time. It was there was a probably if I can really on the fly because it's a quick. I didn't know uh-huh. what you were asking. I'm uh-huh. trying to okay. formulate on the moment. Like why did you stop writing? It was it was a period of time where the layups didn't exist anymore. Okay, they right, started, the trains were over. It, it started drying up. They okay. started understanding like, hey, when it snows, they park them here. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, that's where they're doing that or whatever it was. Period of time, becoming an adult, not living at home, where mm-hmm. it's like I pay my own rent. I have to worry about what I'm doing. Like it's not. Oh shit! If I get arrested now, it's sort of like right. I'm fucked. Jail. Right. They they it went from misdemeanor to felony. Like all these things, they were so frustrated with what our movement had created within their system. Things had drastically changed of the risks versus the rewards. Right. But I had also started making money traveling, and the thing was, I was still me in my mind. I, I was I'm I'm still me, right. the same You're motherfucker that would go bomb and do. Right. That's how I approach every project. Everything is still my. Like, uh, and yeah. so then you you were painting these huge scale subway map sections yeah. of New York that I you like I was so on your fucking bra strap. <laughs> Your dog bra strap or whatever. Your bro. Man bra. Your my bro, man your, bra. Your bro. My bro. <laughs> and my I, I was like, wow, these are fucking like sick. And he's using brushes and not like spray paint. And it, I, I was. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I really. I, mean, I, I wanted to. And this is the crazy part about my career, uh-huh. right? It's like my, my trajectory was subway graffiti painter fascinated with, uh-huh. oh shit, the tags like most of us. Right. Oh, I got on the train yesterday and it was in blue over the map. Today it's in red on the, that says so-and-so. Like I started identifying and okay. I want in. The outsides blew my mind. I couldn't even understand that shit. Mm-hmm. I thought they were allowed. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Okay, so continuing that fascination, when I started painting on canvas, I was not new as a graph person doing canvas. I had seen and witnessed and been blessed with the Say Cities and the early Dondi, sure. rest in peace, and the all these amazing artists, the transition, I got to watch how they took a 60-foot thing and scrunched it into three feet, and that's a fucking hard thing to do. Like It never develop, works. It kind of never works. It never works. <laughs> and you, you're redeveloping a style. You're re, right. It's like starting again. God damn, I did... You graffiti really needs scale. Years, it really needs scale. 10 years of doing this, and now I got to right. put it on like one foot. Get right. the fu- and, yeah. and make a name. And I was like, you know what? I want to represent the movement without using graffiti lettering. Right. Subway maps. Right. I started painting subway maps. I thought that was like a... It was awesome. And then using the spray can icon and using the fat cap, the nozzle, had become very familiar to my work. But before all of that, let's talk about Philly's Blunt. And how wow. that that, all that came right after that transition. Because, yeah, no, I know. I, <laughs> I was there. I, right. No. So, so if you remember, all of us back then, I had a little painting studio on I Lafayette do, Street. I do remember. And I couldn't afford the bills, so I was like, "Hey, I'm going to make some T-shirts. Just try and 
make some money. How can I make money? In Zephyr's house, I printed my first Krylon t-shirts, okay? On the floor of 416 Lafayette, 1E or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, yeah. In the dungeonness of art and design. I mean, dude, it was the most inspiring place to be. It really was the It was doing all that MTV, cell animation shit. Totally, totally. It was the craziest thing you'd ever seen. That weird couch in the corner. I still don't even understand. Okay. Yes. (laughs) When... When I did the Krylon t-shirt, it kind of fucked heads up because I'm maybe 85. I don't know what it was. It was like early DIY. Walked into Pearl Paint. I was like, oh, you can make t-shirts? All right, I'll do that. Just as we all are. Just mm-hmm. you stumble on something. We're very... That's right. They burn screens at Pearl Paint. No, I burned my own screen. Oh. It was before that. It was like, it wasn't even screen. It was Ruby Lith. You cut. That was hand cut. Oh. And then you glue it to the screen, right? It's like, a, it was a crazy, Technique. early okay. sort of whatever. Early do-it-yourself. Very easy to do. You didn't need much. Made the first shirts. I knew Lee, Zeff, you know, a couple of the heads, the homies. Everybody got one. Oh, shit. And really, (laughs) (laughs) true that. And then, so, (laughs) yeah, it was a little sexist graffiti writer. We didn't understand the women in our life. We were intimidated. You were intimidating to me. (laughs) You were like, hot and wrote? No, that didn't make sense. You can't do both. Pick one. So, Clara, I know you're going to kill me. All right. Anyway. um, (laughs) I later, it was Futura who invited me to collaborate with my map paintings. Okay. With him. He'd never worked with another painter on canvas. He'd done walls and murals Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm, draft people. mm -hmm. But I had hounded him really hard about, you know, like, hey, do you need a studio assistant? I wanted to be somebody's studio assistant to gain experience. Sure. And I was all about that. And I was like, dude, I can stretch. I can sweep. Right. Come and peep my studio. And he came and he saw my map paintings. And he was like, oh, wh- They're wow. so dope. He bugged out. Okay. He said, hey, man, I'm having a show with Agnes B. I said, who's Agnes B? He educated me, a French designer who also had a In gallery. In America, we call her Agnes B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Agnes. Agnes. <laughs> She's another woman. Somebody said, well, who's anyway, Agnes whatever. B? I said, Agnes B. Expensive. That's who Agnes B. <laughs> he was having a, a solo exhibition, but he was interested in collaborating on two map paintings. And he said, hey, if you can make these two canvases. Okay. Bring them by my studio. I'll paint on them. They can be in the show. Well, I didn't sleep for three days. I'm not even lying. I probably slept an hour a night. And I, three days later, rented a car and drove these things on the roof. Put them on the roof. They almost flew over, you know, flew off on the bridge. I'd never really been in Williamsburg, kind of a lot. And he opened the door and I was like, okay. (laughs) So you said if I brought a few over. He was very sort of. He was blown away at my eager beaverness. Okay. You know, I was really like, a word, opportunity comes knocking. I'm that guy. Right. And I think that's part of why I'm so still here wh- and what I do. So you were like, let's make a t-shirt? We did the show. Okay. Together. He invited me to pay. He said, you just get to Paris. I got your hotel to take care of you. Don't worry. And he did. I, I was a motorcycle messenger, if you remember. I sold my motorcycle. Oh, I remember that. I sold means that for big, big like and bikes white and all motorcycle? that. I had a... I, Yamaha? No, I had the white Honda, but then I had no, a Ninja, right, right, whatever. Right. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Sold the motorcycle and went to Paris on a like a whim. Okay. Because you were the, in your early 20s and it was the and best it was thing fun. I'd ever done. Okay. It was fucking amazing. While we were there, there was an opportunity to come back a few months later. There mm-hmm. were two shows happening. One, Trocadero Museum. Mm-hmm. One at a gallery pop-up. They didn't use the word pop-up back then, but a renegade gallery called Rue Chapone, the name of the street. They mm-hmm. used it as the name of the gallery. In the in the museum show at Trocadero, it was like, you know, the, the all-stars, Crash at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like Tox, A1, Rest oh in Peace, Core, right, right. you know, Futura, um, 
one or two other people in this days in the museum show, and then the Rusha. <laughs> not in that one. <laughs> then the Rusha Pone one that they were holding uh-huh. the next day was like myself, Lee Q, mm-hmm. Mode. You know who we yes. just met on that trip. European graffiti artist. Oh, the, the early nineties. Sweet. And so when we were going back to Europe for that trip, Lenny said, "Hey." why don't we print some of those T-shirts that you did of the early graffiti stuff? Because... You had the Rusto T-shirt, too. I made a with handmade Scott, Rusto. Right, right, right. right. I kind I of re-manipulated uh-huh, the artwork. Uh-huh, Thank you. Uh-huh. Before Supreme. Um, <laughs> do your audience know there was before Supreme? Because, you know... <laughs> well, they know now. People that wear the- Michael Jordan shoes don't know he actually played basketball. So I'm wondering That's the audience... That's right. Are, this, is know, the, like, this is the origin of streetwear, kids. Get your parents. They'll explain it. So um, <laughs> that set of T-shirts got reprinting because going back to what I was doing mm-hmm. after I stopped messengering, I road managed for our friend Sam Sever. Oh, right. For he, we have a mutual friend who was a DJ and graffiti artist, another old school graph artist who I remember said to me one day, yo, we should buy turntables and, and learn to DJ. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this kid turned around and blew up the spot, right? Super DJ Sam Sever. You know, shout out to Sam. He fucking produced third base for DMC. Fucking... <laughs> Anyway, he had his own band. Ex-Mr. Gold. (laughs) Another ex Another another victim. Um, Brad, do you remember when you met Sam and he was such a bummer? Yeah. Oh, you saw him yesterday? (laughs) Anyway. anyway. I've known Brad for 30 years, too. I I guess I like Sam, though. Yeah. You gotta like Sam. I mean, anyway. I mean, he's a lovely, lovely guy. I road managed for Sam. (laughs) And when I was doing that. That's right. Downtown Science. I did the merchandise. Okay. I helped do the t-shirt, but I had befriended a silk screener. At the time. So I had access now to professional, like, back then it was like unheard of. But, oh, well, okay, you know, so wait. You know a printer? Enough of the details. Why did you decide to do Philly's Blunt? Okay. And then... On the tour with Downtown Science, I reunited with Futura and his old friend Gerb, uh-huh. who was like a downtown yes. kind of dude who downtown, did downtown, downtown dude King. stuff. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. We all joined forces together, and on that second trip, going GFS back, kids, GFS. Not from Concentrate, ask yeah, your folks. That's right. Um, we, on our trip going back to Europe, Gerb was like, hey, I'll finance the shit. Mm-hmm. You guys, A, B, and C. Now, that was Krylon and Rusto. When we came home from that trip, we had learned that Mick Jones had worn our Krylon shirt on the American Music Awards. Now, for those who don't know, Mick Jones, Big Audio was Dynamite. In the, right, was in, was, the clash, was in The Clash, and Sam Sever was producing. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. No, or Sam Sever did nothing to do oh, with the class. Not, nothing to do with it. Disclaimer, <laughs> rewind. But yeah, do you remember when Eleanor fucked that dude? <laughs> <laughs> At the bar, I was like, Ew. Uh, segue. Anyway, please. <laughs> it was all, full circle. <laughs> not, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> they. They. <sighs> wow. Right. Yeah. No, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we? Yeah, maybe that's why I wore the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, the so Philly he blunt, wanted, so when when we came home from this trip, Gerb said, "Hey, he was he's he had a, he had a design studio. Okay. Nobody, none of us knew what a design studio was. We all had painting studios, little nooks and crannies. Dude had like a you know the early computer, the this and the. Hey guys, come around. Let's. What do you guys want to do? Maybe we can do something formal. Okay, so we formed a design company. GFS, the acronym for our names, Gerb Futura Stash. Right. I came up with the idea of not from concentrate because there was another way of saying fresh. 
Right. That period of the late 80s, early 90s. Sorry, haters and dick suckers in the world. We didn't use that language. It was well, also, fresh, fly, dope. You wanted to emulate and big somebody up. You have nothing to say. But also, fresh orange anything. juice was not an everyday thing. You no, had... But Tropicana. And right, Tropicana. Right. Concentrate. It that, was a huge... I took it from Tropicana. Of course you did, because we all drank Minute from the... Right, from the, the freezer. Yeah, you, you put you the had little con- log right, yeah, put the totally, water in it. Totally. Oh, my God. That was, I mean, that was, the, when Tropicano th- came out, it was like a huge thing, and that was their big thing. Yes, not from right, Concentrate. Right, so that was another Super way of fresh. fresh. Right. Just the fresh, not from Concentrate. GFS, not from Concentrate. And when we first formed that little triad, Lenny was, Futura, was really into drawing tanks and his military background. Totally. And all of his things. So he did a t-shirt. Our first three t-shirts were... He did a tank drawing called Cobham, which is the, the armor that they overlay on the tank, right? So he did a diagram of a tank, <laughs> Futura, Humvee, okay. Cobham. Oh, he all loved those Humvees. Oh, my God. All of that. And then okay. Gerb, which is so crazy when I think about it back then, who was just, like I said, downtown dude doing downtown stuff, DJ, all this shit. He did a T-shirt called Bug. It just said Bug. And he did much like what the Hundreds logo is today. What you're familiar with, the character of a bomb, mm-hmm. a ball with a little square on it, and then mm-hmm. the fuse sure. and the spark of the fuse, right? Mm-hmm. The classic iconog- icon of like bomb. Mm-hmm. He just did it with a, I think it was like a purple to like light fade with a green outline and then the bomb. I was like, all right, look at this guy. Okay. I had just done the Philly Blunt shirt. I just, you know, I picked up the package. I rolled another blunt and I was like, all right, I just did Krylon. I just did Rustoleum. I'm going to introduce Philly Blunt because that's another one of these DIY, like everybody, everybody will know what it is without knowing. My mom wouldn't know what it is. She wore it, didn't even know what she was wearing. (laughs) But that shirt in particular, because I watched it in, in real time, go from a tiny little New York City thing inside Joe. It fucked everything up. It was being bootlegged on Canal Street. People were doing their own different versions of it. I remember Pat Fields did a Phillies cunt. We did it. Yeah, we didn't and, do the Phillies cunt, but we did a rainbow Rasta color for Pat when she moved to 6th Avenue. Right, right, right. You know, we were, you know, we were open to stuff, but yes, but, that the overwhelming but, sort of takeover of what that had to do at that time, it wasn't just the t-shirt. It was Cypress Hill came out puffing on a blunt. Totally. The awareness and... The shift in our hip-hop movement and the acceptance of the streetwear now, now they're starting to label it. It wasn't just, well, what are we calling? You know, you got these guys. You got Camella doing triple five. Sure. You got all these young entrepreneurs. PNB. Sort of cracking in. PNB, without a doubt. I mean, heavy, heavy New York. <laughs> well, I mean, they came a little bit later, and, and that was skate. Yeah, yes. And that was skate. There's it was a category skate. for skate. Streetwear didn't have a category. Skate infiltrated both. Right. They were like, yeah, fuck you. Sport and street, motherfucker. Deal with it. Yeah, New York, no doubt, but they're a little later than what I'm sort of introducing right now. They were cultivating, it, for sure. But it was a weird insidery thing that became so... But it killed us. It, it killed us. It killed... But to me, it was the quintessential moment that I realized that a t-shirt could have so much power. 
But think about this, okay? And and just sort of It wasn't like, just that t-shirt. That was the tip of the to me is the tip of the and iceberg. And then you went to you went to Philly's Blunt and did an no, actual we didn't go to legal no, legal no. license. I thought they, you had legally Yeah, got they the came name. to us. Oh, they came I'll to you. I'll tell you the story. Oh, okay. It, everything like I said in the beginning is Mr. Magoo. Okay. I'm blind driving through an intersection <laughs> hoping not to cause an accident. Okay. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I want it. I'm going to make it. Nobody makes it. Fuck it. Okay. I, t- I also did an FTD logo where the Mercury guy was mm-hmm. holding the spray can. Okay. And we got a cease and desist. That's cute. The earliest cease and desist I ever got was FTD at Not From Concentrate through Urban Outfitters over this T-shirt. And they're out done. of business now. Look, you guys are idiots. <laughs> okay. But, but so we, you know, we did things like we just, you know, asked for forgiveness. We didn't ask for permission. You just didn't know. We did it. We made the Philly Blunt shirt, much like what happened with Krylon and our friends, Ad-Rock of the Beastie Boys, Adam Horowitz, thank you very much, close friend to all of us, downtown community, you know, uh, I went to school with Adam Yalk, rest in peace, shared the same birthday, you know, we were all very intertwined as, as people coming up in a young community, right? Sure. Some of us got better day jobs, that's all. Okay, totally. so they blessed us and wore the shirt on MTV. You know, Gerb and Mike D were very close. And I think it was the Mike D through Gerb connection, how they got the shirts. Okay. But we all knew them, Lenny. We all know each other. Um, And once the shirt was worn on MTV, Philly Blunt, Have a Tampa, which is the cigar company, Have a Tampa at the time. I don't know who holds it now. Uh Called, you know, CBS Records, CBS Records, trickle down, trickle down, trickle down to Gerb. Mm -hmm. The manager, Mike D, called Gerb. And I remember that day like it was yesterday, sitting out in St. Mark's Place in this apartment we used as a studio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, they want to do like a license. And I remember looking at Lenny like, well, what the fuck is a license? What, that what, do we, what, what does that mean for us? I didn't know. You know, like, and they were really sort of bugged out. Like, hey, man, tobacco hasn't infiltrated or been able to be advertised on TV since the 60s. How did this happen? And just by default, it happened. And so we got offered a license. But what that did was... You got 10% or they got 10% of your cut? I don't know what the cut was. Okay. I don't know how, what license meant Adam, in Adam 92. heard 10%. He's like, who gets 10% Glasses of the license? Right no, but, but, He's like, that's a good deal. <laughs> think about it. Gerb ran the operation. I don't know anything. To this okay. day, I don't know the choices he made. This is, sure. you know, I learned later how to run my own business and how to whatever. Right. But... We were like a punk band that had a hit record and then broke up. I mean, because this is like that, 1992, if right? If we kept our shit okay. together, we could have been a much bigger brand together. But that alone, that Philly, here it is, is like Gerb is the dude, mm-hmm. got the dope studio. He sort of had the idea to sort mm-hmm. of say, hey, let's do some stuff. Future is already famous. His trajectory was already skyrocketing. The guy from The Clash, the guy that's, you know, right, right, right. fantastic artist, nicest personality, everything, you know, all... all Fuck you, Lenny. Everything's awesome. Boom. And there I am. This I look like an anime character with big bright eyes and thousands of ideas. And I was their fucking T-Chaiwala, right? I'm the guy who thought of Philly Blunt, but I'm the guy that had to pack the box and run over here and right. run over to Rock Embassy and get the fucking hats made and run down. You know, it was, I was 23. Right. I Earn was going to say, you're, you're the... And right. you know what? I did. And I proudly would do it again because that made me who I am, right? And that's what people lack today. They expect, oh, I did that. Well, I should be here now. No, there's still a whole lot of work between A and B. I hate to break it to you. You know, there's A, A plus, A1, A2, subchapter A3, D, and C. Now you go to B. Right. And, you know, you can't really, I I think it was, it it was the worst shit I went through. Best thing ever happened to me. Right. And, you know, fuck you and thank you. So, (laughs) 
that T-shirt, when did you stop making? Because you made it for years. We, no, we did it for two years as our as group, right. and it broke us up. It ended our company. It really pitted us against each other and really made for a very awkward dialogue within our friendship and the expectation of what it did and who did what and Gerb's running us like a Marine guy and Lenny was so out there doing his art and was like, you know what, I don't right. I don't play confrontation. That's not who, I didn't sign up for this. You guys, you right. figure it out. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm getting I'm getting it up the, the kazoo right. with a broomstick and I'm the guy who I thought was like, wow, like, can't we celebrate this a little bit? Why am and truth be told, when I left and we ended that and I started my brand Subware, mm-hmm. to this day, this is probably the longest dialogue I've ever shared about Phillies with anybody. So thank you, Claudia. I don't, I don't hang that on my thing. It's not on my resume. You don't really see it when you Google search Dashgraffy. Yeah, but, but it that's was— me. Right. I, I did that. It I did wa- that. But— That was me. It brought in this era— of, you know, hip-hop was going on, people were sampling. It was, like, visual sampling. Yeah, 100%. Using brands and, like, you know, it it really was... It it put the flag in the sand where things changed completely. It really changed. It allowed the audience to celebrate the products that they like to celebrate within their own community, i.e., we're graffiti artists, Krylon. My mother didn't even know what that was. I'm wearing a Krylon shirt... You know, adults don't know. They're not part of it. Right. But you walk down the street with a Krylon shirt, somebody who's down with graph or it was like, yo, where'd you get that? Totally. It's like the what you write, you know, the way you could look at somebody and oh, you got a spot of paint in your shoe, huh? You keep checking the train, huh? Well, I mean, that's, what you write. That's, you know, it's a natural. It's tribalism. It is. You know, it's but, like. You're, but I happened to be at a place in a time and just sort of took notice and applied what right, I wanted. But before, before that, it wasn't done. You know what I mean? And I don't they, know. And it I, I didn't. I didn't find it, so I did it myself. But, it might have right. been done, but it wasn't presented to it, me, it, it and changed. hadn't reached our thing. And right. I happened to be there at a time and just took notice, right? And created something. And hey, man, that's all I did. And then Subware came, and Subware was big. Subware did okay. I mean, Subware to me was it was everything I wanted to. If if I could have shifted. The dynamic of what GFS was built around, Mm -hmm. that's what Subware became because I didn't have that voice as a one of three and certainly a junior, junior one of three. And then you had an office on Mulberry Street? Was it Mott Street? It was on Mott as GFS. It was a Mott on GFS, I remember. Yeah, Yeah. and then I moved to 29th Street Okay, and had my own Subware, this is it. And that became like a hub. That was where Zoo York. (laughs) Um, Get our T-shirts but yeah, we then, all used to. <laughs> then there was like a transition to Tokyo, correct? Or like, well, no. The our first, my first recollection of Tokyo was being in Fine Boy, Fine Boys Magazine, which was what the publication was called. Well, you should Later, always be in Fine Boys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you see the way I look now. The uh, photographer, rest in peace, Sean Mortensen, another close oh. friend of all of ours, another. We, lo- we lose mm-hmm. a lot of comrades in yeah. these stories. And well, as we talk now, about the right? years, life has really, yeah. it, it hurts, man, because we miss dude. He was, he was an amazing presence. He photographed us on the roof of our building. I didn't even know what you were photographing. We're, okay, you want to take photos for some magazine. I don't know what it is. We were in uh, early paper magazine. David Hershkovich, mm-hmm. shout out, and, and Kim. They were big advocates of local design, and mm-hmm. they, 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 they gave us a voice. You know, those were our first sort of, um, and it was Spencer Tunick who took our photo. We weren't naked. How good is that? He wow. later became the big art 
groups of thousands of people. Sure, sure, sure. But he shot Gerbai and Lenny for Paper Magazine, one of my favorite photos of all of us. Smoking blunts, not with the subculture currency in it, mind you. Like, right, right. <laughs> the way they're meant to be. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so that was our first press. So then later, you, I go into Subware, and my first trip to Tokyo was 95. They were way educated on everything all of us had done. Forget me, Stash. Well, they were they, obsessed with, like, uh, American Americana. Right. So, But they were thorough. Like, I, oh, I yeah. sat there, and my first meeting with some of these people in Japan, I was like, checking for wires under the table. I was like, you like Japanese KGB? How'd you know I did that? <laughs> like, how do, how do you, who do you know that I know that you know that? That's really incredible. Like, I was, I was really mystified because I'd never been so respected <laughs> in my life. And in a way of, like, hey, you did that. Amazing. We really enjoyed you know, and you gave us so much by doing that. The dialogue was just so different to the, yeah, whatever. You know, like our style. Correct. And so my initial... It's weirdly insincere, though, I find in Japan. Like, they I, jock I you like you've never been jocked before. And then when you leave, they're like, on to the next. They're no, like, oh, think... you're the greatest, you're the best, please come back soon. And they're like, okay, next. <laughs> like, <laughs> They might be, but if you come back, they're very sincere. Yeah. Because oh. I've, I've had friends... They're like, friends... oh, you, you're here again. <laughs> no, but I've, I've remained friends with almost everybody that I met on those first trips in 95. That's because they don't speak English. Anyway. <laughs> wow. I'm jealous only joking. Much. I'm only joking. Um, At any rate, no, that that changed my life. Again, that was such that, a right. landmark move to for me to go to Tokyo. Right, because Tokyo and we were was there on a, this a, sort a of cultural for that as well. Right, but Tokyo in the 90s. It was Tokyo, was, London, and New York. Right. But, that was the triad. But I'm Had leaving New lot. York out of it because I'm just like, ugh, we're here in London. Like they speak English there. Tokyo seemed like the most exotic and um you know like forward thinking futuristic they were embracing what we did with such um such love and such uh reverence right and almost you know students of the of the craft that i feel like People who were sort of in that scene in the early 90s really kind of like laid down the foundation for what is going on now, basically, in streetwear, sneakers and everything, you know what I, I mean? I, I concur. And yeah. I feel I feel like, you know, I'm one of many, like yourself. And right. A lot of people can be credited. Our friend Adam off camera, let's say New York again, because... The impact of what they New had. New York was and, huge. But all of us created you know, Brad's something. Brad's wife had the first female female uh, skateboard brand, Rookie, Rookie Skates. Who, Catherine? Who's, who's yeah, your Catherine wife? Catherine Mackey. Stop that. Yes. I just, that's the first name I threw out. Because <laughs> that, wow, fat shout out to Catherine. Oh, That's right, extra large, extra large crew. No, <laughs> stop you. She was, I mean. Yeah, Catherine. Yeah, from so, way yeah, back in the day. No, see? fat shout out. Say hello, please. I haven't yeah. seen her probably 20 years. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but amazing. Because I remember the birth of all that and the whole, like, fuck yeah, women graffiti artists, fuck yeah, women skaters, fuck yeah. Like, I, I told Don't you give in, them the, any in the beginning, <laughs> Keep I'm, a, moving. I'm a mama's boy. I have, I have early rookie skate decks, like, that she's given me. Uh, yeah, like, if they ever need it from the archive, I have She's them. the goddess. <laughs> you know, she has guy. to be on the show. She has to be on At the show. At any rate, this is about me, not her, so. <laughs> Sorry, homie. No, I'm just kidding. But amazing, that's the first name I thought of when I associate that brand. Yeah, well, duh. Right. And Elska. And Elska, but, I, but I'm saying, for <laughs> some reason, only, I just... The only names you need to know. 
Yeah, it's wow. True. Yeah, wild, right? So yeah, wow. Um, Amazing. So how... Okay, so, so now Subware's popping... You're in Japan. You're painting. You're 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 doing well, everything. My first you trip were to really. Japan, I got hired by Nigo. See, let's ah. go back to when I first made my way to Japan. A good friend of mine from London, because it did have a lot to do with London for me. Huh. A woman by the name of Hatomi, who's a fucking ill designer. People don't know her as well as they should. Mm-hmm. Design good enough. Ape. Multitudes of stuff. I can't do her CV better than her okay. or whatever, but. She was like, hey, Nigo and my friend Shin, a guy by the name of Skate Thing, want to meet you. I know you're going to Japan. Let me, let me make that happen for you. Okay. So I went to Japan with our distributors who were helping me with subware in, in the region at the time. But when we made it up to Tokyo, because I had already toured with another, I'm going to bring in a new name to our story, James Lavelle from Moax. I had gotten to go on a tour with him and DJ Crush, a Japanese Early, like, DJ Shadow, DJ Crow, all these guys oh, were, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. really early turntablists. DJ whatever. Honda. <laughs> <laughs> that shit hurt. All right. <laughs> Konnichiwa, bitches. So, so I had already had a friend in Japan by way of going on tour in Germany, oddly enough. And when they heard that I was going to be there, hey, let's all meet at this club. And it was really weird because the Beastie Boys happened to be in Tokyo on my first trip. And they weren't performing, but they had another artist named Ben Lee or somebody oh, yeah, from ben Australia. Ben Lee was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, a really amazing oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. performer. Yeah, and they were his dude. So I remember seeing him and it was an amazing trip. My first trip was crazy. But when I said like I got sat down and people knew my history on a way that I was like, wow, it was Nigo and skate thing that I had met with. And I had to break away from my distributors. It was odd that I was like, Hey, I'm going to, um, yeah, I know you guys brought us here, but I'm going to go go take the day. I got somebody I got to go meet. And it was a little awkward. I mean, I learned later, you don't really jump hosts. It's kind of not, not very polite within you're bringing me to Japan. I'm going to go, Right. You're I have meetings. To, I, have I meetings. got shit to do. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, but we'll catch up. <laughs> By the way, let's just, just segue into yeah. the fact that I, I was in, I went to Japan uh, early, years later. early. Yeah, the, <laughs> I was late um, for the first time early this year um, with the woman that brought Adam on his first trip to Japan. Amazing. And she said he was so difficult, all he would eat was french fries. Anyway, what? let's go back. Wait, let's go. How is that difficult? I think that's sort of like safe. the easiest was... thing you can do. Right. Listen, I'm going to just stay on that point for a minute. I travel, <laughs> I travel a lot to Asia. I have a palate like a 12-year-old Western boy. Uh, oh, really? Not to the point, like, I'll eat the crust on the PBJ. You don't okay. have to cut those off. Okay. But, like, white meat. Like, don't, I'll fucking venture on a thigh here and there, but not in China. Like, there's, <laughs> I have a lot of weird fucked up foodie problems. Okay. And I have to tell, as a fucking adult, I tell people, like, they want to host me. Hey, hey, I can't really, just so you know, and I'm allergic to seafood. So how about twelve year old boy and no seafood? And here I am wow. where they want to take you to like hot pot and all this shit. I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. That ain't gonna happen. Their chicken soup is every part of the chicken. Yeah. It's not like our chicken soup, little white cube. I am a fucked up Western palate. My shit is definitely fucked up. And when I travel, it's almost embarrassing. It's because you guys are <laughs> Jewish and you see like boiled chicken or something. Like. <laughs> Your mother made it for kugel, me. Like so, kugel, like fucking kugel and shit. Right? Yeah, varnish. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
And anyway, I know I do any, too. Buckwheat roots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I just bought I bought a box of buckwheat groats for Russia to make for Rosh Hashanah, and it was so expensive. Who's I, was like, now? I was like, I was like, talk about it. Ain't Jews it don't even like claiming it. That's why we nine dollars for a fucking box of grains, but yeah, and it is. But it'll be worth it when I make it. Mm. You got it from Russell's daughter. <laughs> all right so you're in japan you meet up with nigo and that blew my mind when i got home from that trip we got lenny and i got invited together Mm. to come back and do work and do like a residency in tokyo for two weeks for nigo okay and that that really that changed my life i mean on a lot of levels of just i'd never been away to asia and here i am going back for a two-week trip where it was like, wow, fully immersed. I don't speak Japanese. I don't eat a third, as I shared with right. you. Of the, you know, I'm not venturing in that world. And But what it did was really educate me on how to go out in the world and do what I do. And, you know, it really just shaped another layer of how to do business, how to conduct yourself out of your norm. Okay. You know, I, I thought it was a cool, the further I could go away, I think is the coolest thing. Like put me as far away as I'm comfortable and I'll find my way back. Okay. You know what I mean? And it, that, that really happened. And I'm so thankful for those. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Early trips to Tokyo changed my life. Yes, you got very worldly very fast. Yeah. And you got kind of inducted into the business world of fashion. Yeah, I mean, I, I had dabbled here and I had done stuff. But yeah, really, you know, what Japan and their industry and what was shaping up to be what people knew as the Harajuku scene or whatever. they Everybody labels everything as everything. Sure. But it was, it was a period of time. It was like the mid-90s into the mid-2000s was like an evolution of entrepreneurship, young designers. You know, back in the day, remember we shared like, oh, you know, a t-shirt printer? Oh my God. Today you can go get sneakers made. Of There's course. Nothing, right. But back then it was almost sacred. Like, you know, an embroiderer, you could get a hoodie. Ma- Cut and sew was like, oh my God. It was I like re- sliced I, fucking bread. I remember when I did my first t-shirt and I brought it into the store and they were like, Claudia, you got to cut the labels out. Right. Because you know they need to think that these t-shirts like just fall out of the sky. You can't like let them know, like give <laughs> yeah, them like any Gildan. clue. Fuck right, Gildan. right. It was Gildan. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Gildan. Anvil. I still use Anvil. fucking Gildan. Gildan, Anvil, these That's the guys. Right. Triple A. Yeah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jersey Hoodie. Shout out, champion. Lee Crossgrain. Lee Crossgrain. Lee, if I could find a goddamn Lee 
like cross grain. I would. I Are you would. Kidding me? I gave away four dozen of them. When? When I moved out Get of my out fucking of the studio. studio right now. <laughs> How many do I have in? I They're literally have two the best. I have a few boxes. I in cannot the like. Uh, yeah. uh, sometimes I comb the internet and I'll find somebody who has anyway, a few boxes. Lee I buy cross them. Grain. Yeah, Lee yes, cross yes, grain. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out. Shout out to we Lee. We were hitting everything. We, yeah, were, we were pushing all yeah, of it. But yeah. the idea that you could do that back then was so foreign. You know, a sticker guy. Oh my god. Yeah. Like pins, enamel pins, everything. A lanyard. Oh. Yeah. You can make land. Yeah, because I'm going to the trade show and I'm gonna people are gonna use my lanyard, not the crap totally. they give them. Or, you know, we were doing shit like my first trip to Japan, I bugged out on the way they would give you tissue packs on the corners as advertisements. The top of the tissue pack was the advertisement, and then on the bottom you'd have tissues, right? Okay, you know what I did? I had tissue packs made for my first ASRs, Project Dragon. And I had people in my booth handing out tissue packs like you were in Japan. I still have some. Right? It says BSF, Project Rat, you know, our shit, whatever, the label we made. Okay. And it was a proper tissue pack. Because I was so influenced by that. I was like, all right, people are going to bug the fuck out. And they did at the trade show. Well, let's talk. 1990, whatever the fuck it was. Well, let's also talk more about, like, sort of these early, like, retail that really set the tone 20 years later now to what, you know, you guys had... The uh, maybe the first sneaker store? No, it's not these guys. It was me. There's no these guys. It like, was you let and me Lenny. Just say, it was like, no, you and there's Lenny. No Lenny. There's no Lenny. All right, so Josh. Can we can we do MythBusters so, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do MythBusters. Because okay. at the end it's of the day, it's all Josh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can prove it with the checks that you were written. You don't have to prove no, no, it to me. No, no, I hear believe me. you. No, no, but hear me. In the sense of, hey man, I'm the greatest musician that ever lived. Because if that's what you want to believe, and that drives people there, good I for think you. you we're just the a king lo- of vague. Right, you are the right. He's very vague, he's and you're vague. very like loyal. And I guess the earlier affiliation that people just assumed. Great, right? Knock it out if that sells shoes. Okay, sell so yourself silly. so I'm let's talk. Fuck. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about uh, um, Elizabeth Street, Eldridge, Eldridge Street, E, 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 Street. e whatever. Yeah, Eldridge Street. Let's yeah, okay, talk so about- there was a gallery called Livestock. Okay. Richie Caliccio, uh-huh. an old gallery oh who had, had a, a gallery called 59X in the 80s. And 59X was, <laughs> he had a basement apartment on 59 St. Mark's Place that he would empty all his furniture, let Zeph, Revolt, whoever it was, paint a mural on the living room wall and hang paintings up in dude's crib. 59X was one of the illest, earliest in the spin-off fun gallery, a word you can do shit. Yeah, all right. See, I, gonna... I wasn't involved in that. Okay. I was I was at Space Time Light. <laughs> I was at Space Time Light, Tenth <laughs> Street. I have the invite. Seventh Street. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right next to Ninety Nine X, where you get all your like Doc yeah, Martin yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. At any rate, at any rate, he Rich Caliccio had this gallery called Livestock. Uh-huh. They showed Futura, mm-hmm. Lee, whatever, whatever, as well as other artists. I don't know the mm-hmm. stable at the time. But I had lived a few doors down, right? I had lived on that That's block. Right. And when he was moving out, I, I kind of remember it might have been a midnight move of like, ha-ha, we're out. But then he was like, hey, if you want the space, I can hook you up with the landlord. Now, at the time, my business was pumping. We had Project Dragon, the gear brand. We had, that was Blue, mm-hmm. rest in peace, another right. comrade, Lenny and myself. And then I had Subwear battling at the same time. We were spilling over for space. So I rented the storefront, which was reasonable at the time. Mm-hmm. To use as a warehouse. Sure. And then it blew up where we needed more space. And I said, well, maybe I can do my store idea. And as we're developing the store idea within Project Dragon, I was kind of like the project manager because it was what I wanted to do. I had found the space. I had 
really push, you know, Lenny and it's and called Blue. the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, Blue had passed away. He didn't right. even see the opening. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was sort of like sour persimmons because it was sure. it was like we were this crazy triad that anything was possible with us if if i thought of it lenny could sort of shift it and blue could make it happen or if blue thought we all were such a man if that dude was all here today i could start crying right right breaks my fucking heart oh honey i know when you lose someone so it, young it's just so terrible but somebody so close to you so, too like yeah, just we were so close thing, the three of terrible. us it was crazy r.i.p yeah so that was really my project because Lenny, and I wish he was here. He could tell you his input. He's an artist. He's not the business guy. He might have been down with me or lend his name or whatever, but he's not going to sit there and do the books. He ain't going to sit there and stock the story. He ain't going to sweep up out front. He's not going to, you know what I mean? Like, let's be real here. So those who, who had the idea that Lenny was part of the store, 100%. Was he an owner? Was he a partner? No. He was family to me mm. as much as I was family to him. And you would see me on his events and doing things because that's who we were to each other. I see. Cause there but was nobody so ever much- asked the question. Okay. People wrote it up like, Futura Store Recon. I'd be like, great. Are my names in the newspaper? I didn't care. Right. A little bit. Every now and again, I would mutter maybe to Adam from Zoo York or whoever. <laughs> 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 You're like, Founders collection Lenny, available online. Lenny. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, no, so Recon But it wasn't okay. against him. He didn't do no, it. No, I know. It was the guy at the New York Times that I was like, but I was in the room with you, you prick bag. Okay, you know so, exactly what to do. But that's the spin. See, that's I didn't understand the idea. Also, right. just so but you I, know. I learned to be like, I bet. As long as you shop in my store, <laughs> right. I don't give a fuck. Hey, Brad Store Recon. Great. Bring it on. Let's right. go. You and I were a little estranged at that time. Yeah. Right. We weren't. And then when you no. had your when you had your beautiful daughter, yeah. who I love that, that so started much. Stash 2.0. Um, correct. Took a long time, but we, we, we corrected and it. And I came, right, I came up to your apartment, and yeah. I remember that, uh, so I was like a serious, like, thrifter, still am. Yeah. You know, I found a leopard baby onesie, and it was just like this holy grail of, like, like. Onesies. And I was like, I'm saving this for I, my baby, I, and I had it in my drawer <laughs> for so long. <laughs> I was, in, and, and, um. I was like, you know, I'm never going to have a baby if I, <laughs> if I like buy baby clothes to keep, like I'll never, it'll be just like, no bitch, you're never having a baby. And I was like, I'm going to give this to Josh for his baby daughter. But I it probably was, still have it. It, it was I'm like such not a big deal to anybody, but to me, it was like, a like, I was like, oh, I fucking like love you. Like, Amazing. you know what I mean? Anyway, that's. That's my baby girl. Ariel loves it. Ariel. I love her. She still wears it. She still wears it. She's still wearing it right now. She's still on her pinky. (laughs) Okay, so you had that store. Yep. On Eldridge Street. Now, and then the how did Nort neighbor, happen? How did Nort happen? And and uh, you were, Nike said, hey, let's sell some sneakers? That's not how at all. So <laughs> what happened was, if you remember in the, the late, early, mid-90s. Because you're all, not only did you start sneaker uh, streetwear, but you started like sneaker collaborations. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a lot. No, you're no, really wait, like on, the culture on. owes I you am, a lot, Josh. I am a sneaker collaborator, but not the retailer. So let's define. Okay, give me a moment. Okay. I had recon. Okay. My neighbor on that block was a tattoo parlor. And in the late 80s, early 90s, tattoo parlors would have the gate just low enough that you could see a little bit of flash. You kind of knew it was like a speakeasy of art kind of. It wasn't legal. That's right. At a certain point, it became legal. Everybody's gate went up. Mm-hmm. And now there are tattoo right. parlors. And the, they overturned. Whatever it was, they became. Okay, so I had an amazing tattoo parlor next door to me. And much like Rich grandfathering me in. 
Craig, I believe his name was, the artist, had to move home to Louisiana family stuff or whatever. He's like, hey, man, if you want, I can hook you up. With the landlord. With the landlord. <laughs> I said, hook me up with the landlord. <laughs> I'm a Jew. Like, hey, right. Oh, you yeah. got a landlord? I want to know your landlord. <laughs> hook me up with your landlord. I'll meet your landlord. <laughs> Maybe Zoo York will meet your landlord, too. I don't know. <laughs> you probably did. Ah. At any rate, joking aside, I met the landlord, and I didn't have the vision yet. Again, it was like, oh, fuck, now what am I going to do? I was painting in there and using it just mm-hmm. as a little warehousey thing. One of my trips to Tokyo, there's a big retailer in Tokyo who who said to me, if you ever need hookup for shoes, we could do something together, maybe whatever. I said, oh, shit, I got the spot. Let's try and do something. Failed miserably together, but I went on myself to continue. But it was that tip-off from this guy that I was like, yeah, I could buy shoes. It's like buying anything. I didn't, I didn't think about it. But when this guy in Japan, who I don't really care to talk about because that went sour— mm suggested it and then the ease of how i found out to get product because back then you didn't need a nike account no it was you different. could go and shop and buy retail in like i would go to london a lot for work and i would bring an extra suitcase and i would buy london exclusive shoes that was the big thing people wanted what you couldn't get locally sure people wanted when they walked into a smaller shop didn't want to see me dressed as a referee for instance, like a, a chain store. I mean, in a mall. I do. <laughs> At any rate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we were very keen on, hey, you're going to Japan, bring me back, you know, as much as that, you can fit in your that's luggage. Right. That's right. You're going here, bring us back. Right. And we had a good we had a good network of whatever. Stop that. He's so, like a merchant. <laughs> and so we started doing that, right? And then I had met somebody at Nike mm-hmm. in Japan through somebody also mm-hmm. in Japan. I, it's awkward for me, and this is why I don't have a lot of dialogue here, because I don't. It feels like name dropping because the the weight of these people the, in the world we live in. It was like, oh, look, it's just my life, and I, I find it awkward because I don't want to be that person. I don't have a blog for that reason. I don't. Nobody I like, has a blog. No, but you know what I'm saying. I like <laughs> or a website or whatever it is. I don't. I like doing. I don't care to. You know what the fuck tiramisu looks like. I don't need to shoot my lunch dessert for you. You know what I mean? It's sort of. But I think it, in. In the history of the culture where we're talking about like different cultures sort of converging together, you're incredibly important. All right. Well, on, I appreciate on, that. <laughs> on three, like sort of bringing uh, graffiti into the art world, you know, the first sort of like the, the mid 80s, the, co- the right? The art, right? That or, surrounded our movement. Cor- but but even more than that, sort of being an artist, painting on canvases oh, and showing, at, you know. Thank you very much. Um, that str- birthing streetwear with with some others, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like and a streetwear doula. You are. Uh, you're, <laughs> like the mid- you're like the midwife of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like doula. I ain't nobody's wife, homie. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. But I am a wife, sadly. <laughs> I am someone's wife. <laughs> Hi, honey. Um, well, thank you. That sounds but, so nice. You know, uh, it's. I think it's important. I think a lot of people don't know, and just the same as I, even though I know you really well, I'm happy to sort of. So I'm building the shop. Right? Okay. And I meet Mark Parker, who at the time was president of Nike. Isn't he still? But he's president CEO. He's he's assumed Phil Knight's position in the later years of our story. Right. So I brought up, oh, I know so-and-so. Oh, that's my sister. You know, we had a good dialogue. And he was, he 
kind of knew a bit about what I had done and what recon subwear and the history of my brands and stuff. And he invited me to work on a shoe. That was my introduction to was getting to work with Nike. Was that the first artist collab that Nike had ever done? I believe it I was. I believe it was, too. I think it was. I think I'm the, thank oh. you. I'm the first non-athlete to f- get to do a shoe with the brand. Right. And I don't know the weight of all this until later. I'm just sort of like, hey, that's cool. Okay. Right. Mom's going to be psyched. The first person I called was my mother. Right. Remember you said you're not going to spend $120 on those. Guess what? You know, My mom wouldn't even spend $25 we on went Nike. From, I went from she was like, I'm not buying those. I'm not. I was like. To some other shit. Yeah. You're like, no, no, I want those. Yeah. When you first get to choose. Before it was like, wear these. All right. I know. Okay. Oh, I know. Listen, I was Buster Brown. Okay, I know. <laughs> like right? a little dumb soul, you were Buster Brown. Oh, my God. <laughs> you Andy like Boy a Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> they had all those, like, dumb-souled, like, horrible Listen, we were oh. craped out the ass, yeah, we whatever. Were, it's true. It's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> like fucking rubber cement eraser shoes. <laughs> totally. So that was a real big deal. It was a big deal. That I didn't really know about until later. The process of getting to do the work and all that to me was like everything else. Okay. Well, you're uh, a pioneer. Why no, but, would you but, think but it was this? like how about some, this? I hope you know? I don't fuck it up. Okay. That's all I thought about. It wasn't like bragging rights. Don't talk about it till it's done. Right. I've learned that. Don't don't let it out because you could ruin it before it happens. That's so right. It could just not that happen. That was always my thing. Right. And, and as a graffiti artist, again, I was very tight-lipped. Sure. I learned later to communicate and talk about what I did. But I was always like, that's me. I did that. Fuck you. I don't need to tell you about what I'm doing. I don't, I don't care. Let the guy in Singapore who has the blog about how cool we right. all are. I read about what I'm doing. I'm like, how does he know? <laughs> like, oh, shit. Right? I was just, I'm going to do it. I'm just... Let's do it. That's fucked up. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> at any rate, at any rate, that was my first experience where I got invited to the Nike campus to work on a shoe. If you could do a shoe, what would you do? That was 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 put at me. I might have answered it the right way because I got to the next conversation of being brought out to the campus in the early two thousands, and I got to work on a shoe. And my first shoe. What year was be, that? I'm going to say like two thousand, two thousand one ish. Okay. Very vague. I got to go back and sort of, hmm, okay. really? So don't hold the number okay. tight. But right, it was so weird because I was building the sneaker store and I met Mark separate to that. Oh. And then he happened to come to New York. And here's what's so great about Mark, okay? He's such a real dude. No, he's, those he's, Portland dudes are cool. He's an East Coast guy. That family that come uh, from the East Coast. But 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 yes, he's a Portland. But Sandy Bodecker too, right? Uh, rest San- in peace. I mean, I, when I first met Sandy, he that's when he was diagnosed, and he went back to Australia. He did a lot of healing and recouping in Australia, and he. I was blessed to be on a trip with Mark Parker, Tinker Hatfield, when Sandy came to Tokyo to meet us. First trip back after being in remission from his first yeah. bout with oral or some sort of cancer of his throat. So Sandy's so powerful in my life. Yeah, he was, he was as many of us. I mean, that dude, dude. he was like, me too. And Zoo York. So, you know, he did the first Zoo York. Zoo York did the first SB. Zoo York did the first SB. So check that out. I'm the first artist, non-athlete to work with the brand. Zoo York is the first co-branded SB shoe ever done. And I'm the first woman 
to ever do. We got the hat trick. (laughs) To do a a Nike um, Artist Series sneaker. Yeah, well, there you go. A room of firsts. Power trio. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, blessings to those guys. So whatever. Rest in peace, Sandy. Yes. Absolute hero. Um, Okay, but so in general. Yeah, yeah. You're, now you're down with Nike. Yeah. You're opening up a sneaker store. Yeah. You're bringing sneakers in your suitcase that are hard to get. We got a in letter America. from Nike. All right. Okay. Let me get there. So the people in the New York office don't know I'm friends with Mark. The people okay. in the New York office don't know I'm concocting or inviting or getting invited rather okay. to work on stuff. They're like, hey, um, this is your rep in your area. We'd like you to talk about opening an account. Once we opened the account, they wrote us a letter saying, hey, you can't really stock your walls with sneakers that you're buying that you're in retail. Buying, whatever. We don't really <laughs> appreciate that. And we were like, but everybody's doing it. It's like the dance crave sweeping mm-hmm. the nation at that sure. point. Everybody's doing the bop. I mean, right. what the fuck? But we, we were cool with that. I was like, hey, I can't fuck up my relationship. I got a lot of stuff going on that people don't know about. I was actually very conformant to all the, okay, you know what I mean? Right. You were so playing the game. I played the game hard. I got my account. I started. That's how I started. Right. Yeah. And and Nort, for those people that don't know, is Tron spelled backwards. Okay. Oh, that's right. You were into your own sci-fi stuff. And I'm really stuff. big into like right. Sid Mead's artwork in the store. Right. My idea of the way the pedestals that I designed that have been knocked off, both my shops that I designed, I can proudly say I know has been knocked off. Because friends of mine that work with brands are like, yo, you're the inspiration. And they show me. I'm like, wow, you motherfuckers. All right. I'm glad that I had that sort of impact in that world because I don't come from How You have a lot that. of impact in a lot of worlds. But I want to share one thing about my first store, Nort, where I thought I was the most clever motherfucker in the world. And I still laugh about it because I still think I have that. <laughs> you know, I had cement floors. It was like a little ramp walk in and they were like this cement This was the one floors on Lafayette on, Street? No, the small one. The, the very first one. The small one on Eldridge. On Eldridge. I right remember next that to Recon. One. Right. And it was on the I, corner. No, it was halfway down the block. Was it? What was right on the corner? Didn't you have a store on the corner of Eldridge too? No. You didn't have that corner spot? No. Hmm. That was like Misbehave or somebody had a shop. Like the Mass Moby. Appeal crew. Moby or something. No, he was a few <laughs> like that. Teeny. He was our, he was our neighbor Teeny. in Mott Street. We used to see him bathing in the sink. All right. What? Anyway. <laughs> what a creep. <laughs> he was mad cool. He was Stretch's roommate. Like I, back sure in the day, and I used to be like, "Who I is deviated. your? Who is this? Come on, reel it back. Who is this fucking?" I'm forgetting creep. where I am right now. But so I, I built know. the store, <laughs> and I'm walking my dog one day while I'm renovating and building out North, and I see them refixing the playground. Philly, <laughs> Philly, Mister oh, Philly. I, I named I named my Dalmatian Mister Philly because of Philly Blunt. I well, I got yeah. him during that. Well, you know they yes, don't know. Yes, your internet. Well, now they figured it. Now out. you fucking yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get it? Okay. <laughs> Long story short, I was watching them renovate a playground, and I saw how they put that rubber around the gymnasium sort of mm-hmm. structures. They, not those like things you buy in IKEA that lock together, but they spray the ground yeah. with like a thick rubber. Yeah. And I got the guy's number, and I had him do my floor Brilliant. in Nort. And, and so you came in and you were like, just like... It looked like matte gray floor paint. Yeah, yeah. And it was a dense rubber. And everybody was trying shoes on going, wow, these are really comfortable. <laughs> and I used to sit there like, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of like... Oh, I my see. Fun retail, retail. retail my fun with retail Okay, so the yeah. Nort was blowing up. Yeah. Sneaker culture was blowing up. People yep. were like, damn. Yep. And then... Nort opened in a big way. Well, Nort opened. We had a lot of impact because there were no other well, like A-Life exclusives. Well, A Life Rivington Club was coincidentally 
and we're all friends with each other, but tight lip, like I said. So they're over there cobbling away. Uh-huh. I'm over here doing my thing. Nobody knows what we're working on. How's uh-huh. A-Life? A-Life's great. How's Recon? Recon's good. What are you doing over there with shoelaces? Mm-hmm. What do you got sneaker boxes? You know, we're both like... Sure. <laughs> so weirdly, coincidentally, we were both developing... The same thing at the same time. But am I... And props to those I, guys. I love them dearly. But listen, am I wrong? No, it was way before that. I don't want to say way. We it might was have way. Been, we might have opened a month before them. They might have delayed their opening after like who's first. Rivington Street didn't come out for a while. No, their but original A-Life started store. selling Sneakers. Nikes very oh, they, early. Oh, right, right, right. And then they realized, hey... Right, you know, like, yeah, this is the, this yeah, is the they're, business. They're right. shrewd as fuck, dude. Those guys are smart as fuck. The, when, when the three of them were together... Yeah. I think they were really operating on full cylinders. It they, was really the four. It Tammy was, was Tammy. Okay, yeah. Let me was, say Tammy four. was very Listen, smart. Tammy was very instrumental. She I really don't mean was. to discount her at all. Yeah. And not to be that guy. Yes, the four pack. It was yeah. completely four, without a doubt. Right. I'm 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 a mama's boy, so Tammy first, then yes. Rob, Tony, and maybe Arnaud. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I feel like Nort, Nort laid the groundwork for all like the A-Life Rivington clubs for listen, you the know extra what? butters in my mind, in for my mind, we all did. of that. We you did. did. You did. And, and listen, you know what? No discount to A-Life. No discount, but, but, but it just but was... people should know where A-Life comes from. Okay? Yeah. They were the art director and editor of like Streetwear News. Streetwear News. Right. Streetwear ooh, Today. Something. One of these publications that got privy... They got to go around to every design guy, and we all showed them behind the mm-hmm. scenes, and we all wanted to be in their magazine, and, and they were like, okay, uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh, and that's why I love them, because they took notice, and they knew what to do with what they took notice of. Friends of ours, we know, some didn't fare very well. You're like, dude, we're all in the same room. Did you take the same? Let me see your notes. Jesus Christ, you got nothing on the page. What are you doing over here? Like, They took notice of where the movement was going, and they were like, okay, we're going to be the next chapter in this. That's I mean, I no offense to A-Life. Those guys are my, my I peoples. I launched my brand there. Like, But I, I remember when A-Life first opened, being incredibly underwhelmed. Being like, hearing all this hype and then being like, what is this? I didn't understand. I, but I, there, I got there, it. There was, See, you know what bothered me? You know what bothered me? It was like, I like the idea of A-Life coming from where they came from. Uh-huh. But what, it, what bugged me out was when it was like, Echo is going to do a magazine called Complex, right? And I'm like, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard because now you're going to get every brand to send you their shit before they even drop it to hopefully be featured on your pages. But you don't think their designers and their little cobblers and little elves are like, oh, that's Polo 2020 in 19, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? I thought like, oh, wow, let's just forget sending our designers on shopping missions. We'll just have you send it to us. Totally. Right? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to be in your magazine. I just, I don't know. I, I, I looked at that and you know what? Blessings to them. And Mark, I've met the guy maybe once in my life. Not for me. I get it. But fucking genius what those guys were able to pull off. Just yeah, next man. Level, they fucking, next level craze. they really, next level craze. I they, mean, they really did, did their but thing. But they did damage to our movement. They also distorted the image of what streetwear should and could have gone, in my opinion. So the, well, it was like it was the like fall, the Titanic. The fall of what I, it did, I feel they like. fucking pulled too much shit it, down. Right, it, just, it looked great. It, everybody's dancing, drinking, yeah. eating off of it, and it's just sinking, sinking, sinking. But and they just they, didn't notice. It, it was, was urban and street, was, but they don't they don't have the roots. They're not who we are. Well, they didn't come the, from where we came from. Right. The fact that he co opted graffiti and then like later had to but, like sort of give lip service. You know how many artists work with him? 
Yeah, Every no, fucking I know. artist. You I know, know how many artists didn't? Me. Hmm. Me. Okay? I was asked to be in the video game. Okay? Well, not, are you not glad like you were Not featured. Hey, a person that we know, I'm not going to mention, comes to my studio and says, hey, working on a video game, we'll give you three Gs for your tag, whatever. I tagged a piece of paper, said, all right, give me three Gs. He goes, not now, dude. I got to send you a contract. And all I was right. like... Oh, I thought you meant that, right? I was, I was like, let's do this. When the contract showed up, it was like, I go unlimited this. And I said, hey, you know, with all due respect, I'm going to keep my, I don't You're work like, with. You're like, I'm going to have my own video game. Okay, bye. Not like that, but I was like, <laughs> I'm going to keep my, I don't work with that dude streak going. You can blow Lenny and you can do all the shit you want to do. I'm not buying it, dude. You could have been never, Coke too. You could have been. <laughs> just, I never subscribed to that. And I, I, to this day, I don't really care for some of the people I met through that company. Like I said, I never met dude. But some of the other people really are just really not worthy of any of it. You know what I mean? Well, yes, yeah, Seth Sorry. can suck my tits. I mean, he wishes or whatever. He you wishes. know, I mean, if they were gross or whatever. <laughs> that just happened. At any rate, yeah. So not to go there again and not be on right. us, but like, yeah, that was a that was another part of our movement that fucking was a shot in the foot. Okay. Fuck that. I mean. They, um, they both, you know, sort of open doors and close them at the same time. You know what I mean? In different ways. Yeah, but you know what? They, they were very exploitive and. They had a lot of money, they had a lot of power and they were using it and they were in, you know, Macy's and Bloomingdale's and it was, it was impressive and they, dude, Seth is super smart and really has a Listen, he kept Adderall in business from what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know the dude, but he was pretty wired the time I met him. I'm sure. I mean, Whammy I have, shit. I have, sto- I have stories. I have stories. Anyway, but I can't even. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. That was so a moving different on. Okay, part. so then came Nord, ten years later. So Nord was small. You yeah. got the the Nike contract. Yeah. Nord reopens. I in moved. A huge, I have an opportunity to take a storefront on Lafayette Street, and it was a huge. And I moved coup. Recon and Nort into the same store, called it Nort Recon. So you could be near the bar that we met at. I was two blocks <laughs> down from that bar. <laughs> That's right. You were like I was trying to raise the bar. <laughs> <laughs> You're like shout out to no. The it was like it was like really I can do that. Oh my god. Well, I that kind really of opened that, kind of that changed like, that neighborhood. But let me go back and just say that fucked the narrative of who I am up because now I'm getting further into retail and less away from painting, right? And doing what I do as a right, creative. Right. Now I'm businessman looking at math and i don't do i don't like numbers right you're crunching there's no if and or but it's one two and motherfucking three not um and uh no right that shit ain't for me adam and i I are like let's give me the calculator i love it i do i love the fucking numbers adam from new york yeah adam from new york like he's uh, yeah 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 adam from new york can do some goddamn math quickly twice (laughs) at any rate i found myself being further and further away although i was like more, uh, you know, like 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 our boy Winston Churchill, right? When walking through hell, keep walking. I had I had to go further in to figure out how to get out. I couldn't, so then, I couldn't stop the process. So what was the demise of Nort? Um, there was a few demisals, demisals. Um, there was the recession, right? You know, oh yeah, was I a, remember that. There was a big part of maybe oh seven oh eight that was really harmful to mom and pop shops, young entrepreneurs. Yes. Us as a culture, they, I like to say the disposable income crew. Right. The they stopped shopping. Right. They stopped the shopping. The same guy that would show up to Nort 
and park his Mercedes in a bus stop, arrogant, like, yeah, whatever, and come in and buy three shoes because he knew size nine was his size, was now taking the train, and maybe 20 minutes later after, like, debating over whatever, would buy one pair. Like, it, you know, I saw that happen where it was like, we were like, just, you couldn't do any wrong with the shoes, and then all of a sudden you couldn't fucking sell them. It was like produce, right? Mm-hmm. You get it when it's green, you got to sell it when it's yellow, and you got to get rid of it before it gets brown. <laughs> Shit was browning as we were getting it. Right. And and also the Nike wanted the their brands, goddamn money, the right? didn't help at that right, time. Right. They were just like, yeah, fuck it, suck it up. Tier zero, you want it, you got it. You want to be the guy, be the guy. You want to, you know, it was a really, and you know what? Blah, 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 Nike on that because, <laughs> because what happened to me at that period of time and the demise of my store was allowing Nike to take over my windows and my showcases well, and that, not receive marketing dollars. That was not the problem know, with Nike was that they were squeezing what my their rights retailers. Were right. As a retailer, like what they do with the modern day Kith or these brands and learning after the fact that I had the right to receive financial help or rent them this showcase or mm-hmm. I didn't know. Why pay for something you get for free? You can't blame them. It was a my naivete. Right. But somewhere along the lines, I do feel that if I had that encouragement or the help from the brand, my store would still be here. And okay? it also would have been sort think, of the you know, perfect little And I didn't mean pod. FU because they were very kind to me at the same time. So we're going to edit that in a different way. So don't worry. Okay. Um, I felt like looking back, and again, we were like a strange, we were cool, but we were strange. I was like, damn, Stash is really doing his thing because he can just drop these in any city like in the world, no. he's going to drop it in Vegas. He's going to drop I it tried. in L.A. He's going to drop it in London. This is like the ticket. But I also remember being confused by like, this is not very Josh of Josh. This is not a Josh right. story. This is a Nike retail story. Well, no, it's my story. I I designed it. I built it. Right, but it just, but but it was only selling Nikes. But but you know what I mean? I wanted to sell. I didn't want to sell Adidas. I didn't want to sell Puma. I didn't want to sell other brands. My thing was, hey, my store recon was built on. We made a brand. I didn't like the way the other stores would hang my clothing. So I'm going to gallery ask my own clothing. Okay. I'm going to design the store to showcase the t-shirts and hoodies the way I thought were. Worthy, right? My first store, I had aluminum diamond plate floors. Yeah, it was cool. I had fucking barbed wire. I had. Sh- it was cool. I painted a huge camel wall. I mean, I was like going for it, right? And so the same with the sneakers. Like I just curated it a way I thought was like really good. And I didn't care to sell the other brands. I didn't, it just didn't, didn't occur to me. And I didn't care. I didn't, again, I'm not the retailer. I did what I like to do. I paid the price. Right, <laughs> right, I right. I, people took the ride with me when the ride was like, hey, the, everybody The in. problem is when you have one client and then things no, don't but go I had, right. I had retail. I had recon. I had the gear. I had all other right, stuff. Right, now right. Now we're in one store. I'm talking about Nord specifically. Though. I know, but it, yeah. it, it, oh, it, it sort of balanced the scale right, so for me. One, it wasn't that right. big of a deal, but not knowing that, hey, every month I could receive by giving them space or whatever, right. that would have paid the rent to allow all those off days of, fuck, it was, right, we didn't right, have right, the traffic right. we needed, sure, or sure. allow us the recoup time to, recouping time rather, to, you know, make the next move. You know, right. I was, it was very, it was very hard. And I also had a bunch of hustling friends that I didn't realize just how d- deep that hustle river ran on griming down in the, you know, the warehouse and all this shit. You know, there was a lot of unfortunate stuff because I was out in the world trying to 
marketing do. I wasn't there manning the ship. Right. Had a couple unfortunate people that were in the camp. You know, again, no longer with me as friends or whatever. It is what it is. Right. I take the I take the good with the bad. I want credit. If I'm attached, good or bad, I will man up for it. That's how it has sure. to be. And so, yeah, I went down with the ship. But, yeah, there were a lot of components that led to that leak and caused that sort of failure and sort of – but it was my overall – you were young, you know, yeah, right? But I was also out in the world trying to create my name, and and that's what I meant so about the storyline. So happy split for that me. sort of like I'm sure it was sad and bad, but no, weren't you? A, didn't, no, no, you didn't feel like ah, oh, I love no, not I, went, having I the lost store. a lot. I lost a lot, and 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 after the store loss, and I'll tell your your viewers that are listening, our <laughs> listeners, our, our sweet listeners, your viewers that are watching with their ears. That I went through a personal bankruptcy. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I took the good with the bad and my name was on that line. So now right. imagine we go back to that little shop on Eldridge Street. Oh my God. Selling sneakers. Yeah. You, you sign a personal guarantee with a brand. Then you blow up. You, your buys are bigger. You forget. You don't look at that little contract you signed years right. ago. You're on the line. So all that produce that went brown, that's on you, dude. You're, right. you, your buyer ordered that. That's in you accepted that. Yeah, that's heavy. That's some heavy shit. And so, you know, there are so many components to this story that it's, and again, I'll simplify it. It's on me. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. But it can be categorized and broken down and understood a little different if you could helicopter above it and see the, the layout. Well, I think that we didn't, like, understand, like, and then I had a leak, and then I had a leak, and then I had a leak. Right, and that how killed the store. impactful, um, you know, having having a bad selling seat, like, it just really fucks you up, you know? There was, a lot of, there was a lot, but then we had a leak. The biggest straw was we had a leak. Nort was in a building that was condos above us, or uh-huh. co-ops, or whatever the fuck it is, and the woman above us that winter left and didn't put... The heat on her apartment and her pipes froze. And it burst. And it burst. And I have I have video of like waterfalls coming from our ceiling and the firemen going, well, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the craziest shit you'd ever seen. And we learned about the leak halfway through the evening. It was gushing for hours. And a friend of mine who was the neighbor's store just happened to check on, happened to be in the neighborhood to see what was going on in his own space. Not knowing about the leak. Just, right. hey, I'm going to drop my stuff and be on my way. And was like, dude, we got a problem. Like, oh shit. And that was it. So now you have recession, yeah, bad shoes. It was a bad period for retailing and shoes. Then you have the leak. You have a, a manager of my shop that was my ex-wife's best friend that really caused me to have to deal with the bankruptcy because dude has hand in the cookie jar. Right. Dude, you trusted. Dude, you, 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 you picked my daughter up from school with right. your daughter. Right. I would never, ever think. Who would, who would do that? To this day, I'm still like, really? Who would fucking do that? This guy would. Okay. And he got shut down the other day. At any rate. Could fuck him. Yeah. To this day, whatever. Okay. So again, but I take it. I take it. I put him in place. My fault. Right. And it's your name. It's your name. name. You signed it. Right. So now we're dealing with assurance ingesters or whatever the shit you deal with. And we have probably about a hundred grand worth of damage between the fixtures. Sure. Sweatshirts, hoodies, gear. Everything's right. Everybody's your homie until you owe them $124 for some stinky ass t-shirts. Okay. And all of a sudden, you're like, dude, we had a leak. We're trying to suffer. We're, yeah, that's great. Can you pay the invoice? Bro, it's $140 fucking $2. Are you really that hard up that 
They are, though. They're fucking hard But they are. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. And I was on that side of it, too. But here I am, like, a victim, like, oh, poor me. I'm the only one. So I started getting into, like, beef with people that I was cool with because I was, dude, I'm losing everything. You're fucking complaining about a dozen T-shirts. But that dozen T-shirts, they needed that. I know. To get to their next two dozen. And I... I discounted that in my trials and tribulations. It's of just how, how can you I lost right. everything. You lost a dozen t-shirts. Go fuck yourself. All right. But it was real. And it all mounted up. And again, my name was on that line. Right. I signed and the line you that had, was dotted. Right. And you had, to, you had to be the... Had a man up and deal with right. it. I lost everything. And the worst thing about it is ego. Okay? Let's be real here. But ego, I feel like you like you lost your ego in that, and that was a good thing. No, it was a good thing. But again, worst thing that ever happened, best thing that ever went through. Right. Okay? I'm a silver lining guy. Okay? Yeah, you have I love, to be. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, we're not talking about the movie. Um, I'm a silver <laughs> lining guy. I will find, if there's a smidgen of hope, I will get to that because that's the drive. That's, that's, keeps that's us, the little Leo that's in the, you. That's the yes. fucking, you know... Cadence. Totally. Cadence that well, keeps us... how can you live life if you don't look at life but, like but that? But imagine this. Here I am. I lose the store. Mm-hmm. Beefing with people that I was like mad close with over the dumbest stuff because mm-hmm. of the bigger picture. Not being able to articulate the big picture, but breaking it down to, dude, you should understand. How do they know? They don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. But I think everybody should know because that's how we live. You, right. knew, you knew the good. You didn't know the other. Right? And it was, and then the bankruptcy. So now, here I am. Josh Franklin. Little Jew boy, blah, 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 blah. But stash, I got to walk around like a man with my chest out. But I'm defeated. I'm, in, I'm like, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to have to yo-yo, what up, chilling. And I don't want to make excuses. Right. Because I can't. I'm not, I'm not that person. So I, I went dark for a bit and had to regroup, reconfigure, figure it out. And now I'm honest. I can tell the truth. It sucked. And yeah, I'll help anybody who needs help. And hopefully you'll do the same if I do. And we're all in this together. But like, that's the truth that would happen. And it's not a, you don't want to be the turd in the punch bowl. You don't want to be out every night like, yeah, ah, everybody's got to listen to you bullshit. Like, yeah, it happened. Deal with it. But when you're that person, it's very hard to deal with. You're right. So yeah. I lost a lot in one go. I lost my, and then that led to a divorce. Okay. Right. House of 16 years. You know, that shit was cliche. Like, oh, really? Like, oh my God. Like everything just, but again, I'm better off for it. My ex-wife and I are good friends now. You know, we, right. we co-parenters. We, there's, there's always room for reconciliation. There's always room for fix. You know, what, what is it? Create a solution, right? You don't always have to. You right. We have choices in our life, and it's how we decide and what choices we make today that makes the difference. Well, I'll tell you. I, I knew you before. Years. I knew you during, yeah. and I knew you after. And you know and, me now, and right, and <laughs> you I, know and, me now, right. Well, that was the after part, and yeah. and I truly believe. That it was a blessing from God for your soul. It was too much. You know what I mean? It was was just too fucking much. And now you're just kind of back to the, like, the core, the, the, like, who you really are instead of having to, like, be that dude. I hope so. Yeah. I I like the sound of it. It sounds good. Don't you agree, Adam? Yeah. I mean, Adam took the ride with me. A lot of personal growth. Adam from New yeah. York. Yeah, Adam from New York. I took the ride, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, I looked to him. I was like, yeah, is that right? You good? We good? Right off on that? So, you know, it, right, <laughs> if, like, anyone who's- But such who, is life. It ain't a woe is me. I don't want anybody listening. But listen, like, don't, I don't you think everyone has their own we all sort do. of- But we all do. We all come like, from somewhere, right? Yeah, but, but everybody's <laughs> had traumatic, horrible experiences, business or, or not, or personal, or both- 
that has shaped them for the better. You know what I mean? And taught them. Like I say, better or for worse, some of us didn't fare very well. Some of our friends that don't participate or aren't involved, they didn't get it. They didn't see there is another way. You don't have to always be that. You know what I mean? So then you moved to Brooklyn and you started painting again. Well, the Bronx. The Bronx. Well, yeah. well no, no, we haven't gone we haven't gone to the I've Bronx. I've been in yet. Brooklyn forever. Right. Um I was always painting, but it was more like, hey, that you want to be is, in a show? Right. You want to be Yeah, I can make a painting. I wasn't painting to paint. I wasn't painting the way I had built my studio on Lafayette Street when we met. Right. When I had a vision of being a painter. Right. The t-shirt business led to me into the cut and sew. Right. And, the and that was all power and consuming. Now I have time in my life and I'm making better decisions in my life. I'm going back to the beginning of my narrative, which is a painter. And, and, and you're going myself. back to teas. I'm, you know, you dabbling in a tea. <laughs> Come on, everybody's got a t-shirt. Listen, brand. you know, we're making t-shirts again. We're making it's gear. exciting. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna revitalize a little thing along the way. But I I took a partner this time that I believe in and I trust, and I'm gonna let them deal with business where I can be creative, right, and not get emotional over business where art can be very. Mm-hmm. more personal to you than the business itself. So I'm taking what I've learned. I'm going to move forward, but really all eyes on my painting studio and upcoming shows. So and- now you're in the Bronx. The Bronx is yep. where it's at. It's where I'm at. <laughs> it's where I'm at too, baby. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. the people are fresh. The people the the people are fresh and they just, everybody is- Listen, uh, the Bronx- Listen, yeah. the Bronx is banging and I'm, you know, it's a stepping stone like anything else. I don't know where I'll land- I chose to downgrade my, I want to reshape the narrative as I keep saying, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of leaning away from collaborative projects, or if I do stuff, I'm going to go back to more ghost designing where I don't need the okay. attachment or the weight of X artist brand. I'll design to pay the bills when I need to, but sure. I, I really have been very fortunate with the audience that I have now for my paintings and where I'm going with that, you know? So do you do you like painting paintings? I do. I do. Huh. I, I, I hate it. I'm I really, like literally hate it. It's like I'm the really worst. The t-shirt is like the, my but favorite you know what? Shit. <laughs> I did that a lot. And, and for me, it's really therapeutic right now in my studio because it's just me. I don't deal with anybody. I don't need assistance in the studio. I'm not that kind of artist. The art I create is very self you know, self-propelling self-propelling whatever it is and it's 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 great it's a it's it's a great time for myself so what to so, reinvent in, myself so in a I'm typical day how, and you're going to paint are you painting for eight hours are you painting for two hours are you painting I for, paint four for about four or five hours i've been doing like a cross commute because i still live in brooklyn right i drive up to the bronx right after rush hour i'll leave either right before or right after rush hour right and i will literally like work on maybe one or two paintings Four or five hours a day. And so I was going to say, are you doing multiple paintings Mm -hmm. at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I I do for different reasons. You know, like something triggers me on this and I need to, okay, that's not where I was going, but I need to see how that's going to shape up. And I have three good walls that I can put very big, nice canvas on to get out what I'm trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I'm still, I'm... There's what I know to do, but I've stumbled on so much now because I have the place to do it. Right. Well, I didn't have the place to do it. And now I built a studio that allows me 
to really explore to really that. concentrate on working on art. and it's mixed medium. You know, I'm not all spray. It's spray acrylic. It doesn't matter if 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 I need the color or texture, I'll find it. Now let me ask you something. Would you please? I have heard from many many a person that spray paint will eat through a canvas. It'll take about fifty to seventy years, but a, like real spray paint will, but you know, just destroy the mm-hmm. canvas. Does that matter to you when you paint? I'm or not you, the collector, huh? Right? Because no, I don't care either. Because I'm like, I'm like, I, mean, I don't fucking years, care. You know like, enjoy. <laughs> like, put is it behind that, glass that, or something. Like, Claude, I don't know what to tell you. Is that true for the modern day paints, the Montanas, and all see, that? See, I don't know about or that, that, but it was like early, it was the old paint. Like, is Lenny's early collection right, going to be right, gone by the time right. I turn seventy? Totally, you know what I mean? totally. That would suck. Like all suck. those like A one like Rustoleum painting like through the gesso or is it you know like there's so many questions I would have of well how did they put an acrylic primer did right they, would they have they prepped the canvas is it going to eat through that how long does that take right because you know, like, those I don't like know. early I've camp? never heard that I've never heard that um and do you and I hope, I hope and are you not. using like acrylic pa- the acrylic spray paint right no I haven't used that yet no. I know I want I need to try I that too try that. yeah I want to try it too yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little more spendy than <laughs> yeah. You know, we're well, on you're a budget, down, so we're on you're a down, you're down oh, with Montana. Call I'm down with Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montana gold. Send, send them over. I know. <laughs> I know. It's never, it's never enough. enough. It's never and enough. It's never the right colors. All right, let's Shout out to uh, Montana Cans. Yeah, Nico. Okay? Nico. Yeah. Montana yeah. gold, Montana black. Yep, yep. Montana, the country. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. The mountains, whatever. Yeah, the country. The state. <laughs> the state. <laughs> and we're talking German Montana, by the way. Not yeah. Spanish. Hey, listen, I'll fuck with some NTN too, man. Listen, I have I have allegiance to the art, not the brands. And they all make good spray paint. And although Montana Black has blessed me, mm-hmm. hey man, Montana NTN, fucking Iron Lack, any of y'all listening, B, I'm I'm your dude. I will. Yo, gladly, if it's free, it's for me. I will gladly paint <laughs> if you have the color I need. That's really how it works. Um, because I'm just wondering how the modern graffiti writer slash painter artist is changing. To sort of like fit, you know, modern times. Like, do, like, is it necessary to use like painterly paints instead of you know just sort of whatever's at hand? No, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's part of that. I mean, for me, I my whatever's at hand is good quality. Like, I I tend to buy or utilize. You're fancy. Yeah. I'm fancy. I yeah, like the yeah, nice yeah. stuff. I, I mean, I, I know the value of. Good pigments and things that you don't want to have sure. over time, you know, like. Meanwhile, I'm by Michael's brand. Um, I really thank you so much for no, Claude, come for on. this interview. I feel like your uh, history is so important, and people kind of don't know. Um, how I'm working inter- on a book, right? So oh, well, know. there they're you gonna go. Know. They're gonna know. All right. Finally, ready to sort of figure out how to tell my story with a lot of help, but I have a lot of. Lot to do, but you have a lot to do. On, you have a lot, on. yeah. And um, a lot of pictures. Don't worry, our pictures in the book. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of pictures. I remember when you and an, another ex of mine were in this movie. Um, yeah, I did the logo for the movie. You did the logo for Slaves of New York. I sued Merchant Ivory because they ripped me off. And I won. <laughs> Did they? How good is that? They, but you were in I, the actual here's, gallery here's the scene. Deal. I used to work as a PA on movies. I worked on fucking Last Exit to Brooklyn. I worked on a whole bunch of crazy movies. With Alex Lust. No. Oh, no, no, not, not with nothing, Alex Lust. Nothing to right, do with him. A right. guy named Zach Tobin. But let me quickly, quickly, okay. quickly. So I get to 
work on a bunch of movies. A friend of mine says, hey, man, they're doing this movie called Slaves in New York. It was a book written by Tama Janowitz, a downtown writer. They loved it. The main character's name was Stash, but they call him Stash. Mm-hmm. Stash is Stanley in Polish. Mm-hmm. Tama Janowitz happens to be Polish. Sure. But, you know, and there's a jacket of hers. You see those leather jackets from Dan Terrier with all the tags? Yep. I'm on the jacket. I know you are. So I was always curious, like, mm, did you just pull it off? The what about sh- what about Sharp in his like d- his leather oh, do rag? Oh, he <laughs> looked like he nobody looked like Grandmaster Flash, his backup dancer. <laughs> but I remember, like, back anyway, in, in those days, yeah. that was such a fucking big deal. No, it was a big deal. It but was a big I got, when deal. I got to it was like, oh my Merch god, and Ivory to do the, the 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 opening thing. I said, hey, do you mind shutting the lights off? I walked in their office with an opaque projector. I said, this is what it's going to look like, and it was my handwriting, Slaves in New York. Blew up on the wall. They're like, all right, we want that. Like, I was so good at how to present myself. I had already sort of, like I said, you know, paid attention to all You're this just shit. doing all the movie titles. But then, <laughs> but then, no, no. Then all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the movie. We're having a laugh. Right? The movie comes out. Steven Sprouse, rest in peace. They did a big thing in Bloomingdale's where they took my logo, put it on everything. I was like, nah, that's not what I got paid to do. You like, you ever hear I licensing? Artists, what is it? Artists, lawyers for art, artists. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. It? Lawyers for the Arts or something like this. Through the Graphic Artist Guild, Stash 1.0 was heated. I found a lawyer that would represent this unknown, broke-ass artist, and I won. I sued Merchant Ivory Productions over ripping my logo off because you hire me to do it for the movie, Masthead or whatever the the logo was in the the, the movie. And now I'm standing in Bloomingdale's and I'm the only asshole that's not getting anything and it shits on everything. Right. You. Did you buy any of the merch? Yeah, I have one or two, like in the cut. I have like the New York Times ads. I I have a couple of things I found that. That be in the is book. the shirt you need to re-release. Can you imagine yeah. Bernadette Peters walking a Dalmatian. <laughs> totally. Get the fuck out of here. That's <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Claude. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, Brad. yeah. I appreciate you guys' time. Yeah. yeah. This was good. All right. Well, I love you guys. See you soon. Hey, babe. I just finished. Literally, they got that on tape. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, what a crazy, what a crazy professional ride, right? Yeah, you, was it, was it everything that you, I mean, you've been talking about doing this one for a while and like. I mean, I think Josh is, um, Stash, <laughs> as, as, as the world knows him, is, uh, you know, somebody who really brought this culture into light and, you know, was there in the beginnings and laying the bricks down and showing us what to do and what not to do. Um, and I think he's still sort of finding himself. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know. Well, it's nice that he's still valid. I mean, he's and he's still, you know. Still Just came out stuff. with a goddamn sneaker last yeah, year. I you know. know what I mean? It's pretty pretty major it's pretty it's pretty major so i feel like especially like on my career path all the things we have in common though we didn't directly work together like i owe him you know what i mean what the culture owes him in 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 a big way and uh you know i'm speaking for the culture thanks (laughs) thanks for your contribution everybody (laughs) couldn't do without you (laughs) no but um it's interesting to me that he is so honest with uh, his regrets and his mistakes. Oh, yeah. I thought that was that's really— That's what makes—that's why it was such a good show. Yeah. You know, it's he really— Gotta be. You gotta be. He really, um, you know, came clean to himself 
and um, is a better man for it. I, I really appreciate his uh, frankness. It's a sign of strength. Indeed it is. Um, if you want to find out more about Stash 2 – which he, which he is not known <laughs> as. He is known as Mr. Stash on Instagram, Mr. underscore Stash. But when he was writing graffiti, he was Stash too. I don't know who the fuck Stash one is, but <laughs> holler at me. Maybe we could do web. Uh, I mean, we could do a podcast. And he's all over the internet. I mean, oh yeah, recons back. Just, just Google it. He's, he's everywhere. But Instagram is a great way to keep up with his day-to-day artistic endeavors. Seems to be the way. I and mean what – about, uh, What about Claw Money's day-to-day artistic endeavors? Uh, Claw Money's artistic endeavors are secret and I am only <laughs> posting memes. OK? You don't fucking know because <laughs> I don't even fucking know. I mean, you know, I don't post a lot of art. I also find – that Instagram has me in some sort of weird situation that when I do promote the brand or the art or some sort of product that could potentially bring money, I get shadow banned. Really? And that when I do like stupid memes that don't have hashtags or link backs and stuff. Right, right. It goes viral, baby. Right, right. So, um, well, check out my memes, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, it's it's weird. I also find that the audience, like they're fo- they're claw fans, but they're like they want the jokes. They don't want the work, and it's annoying. Like, hey, I'm fucking here. I'm giving it to you. I'm serving you. Okay. Well, you're good at the memes, babe. But how about fucking giving me some love on my fucking like <laughs> career, like on the or buying a fucking shirt because like I'm busting my ass to like keep my brand alive. Come on, motherfuckers. That's the way to show support. Get on our Patreon. Yeah, you do can it. get you can get some of that stuff. If you like the show, we need support from our followers. Also, can you please like and subscribe on your podcatcher, uh, iTunes? Yeah. Come to iTunes and give us some positive reviews. Yeah, that you know every podcast I ask, like I uh, listen to, ask for five star reviews. Yeah. Okay, we want five <laughs> star reviews. Because if you don't have them, you, right. don't, you don't look like you're, you're in the game. Okay, five star mm-hmm. reviews. You hear it. You heard it here first. We we need them. You Just got like them. Uber. Just like Uber. <laughs> Do you know I have like a four point six on Uber, and I'm like, how fucking uh, dare yeah. you? I know mine's mine's kind of low, and I'm like, I've and I know I think I know why it is. Did you well, vomit? Did you vomit? I have vomited. I generally do every time. Do you vomit in the I think it, it might be the kids. I've gone on rides with uh, the kids that are a little hellish. Because yeah. generally I'm fucking super nice and I'm always like – You go back and give the I'm tip afterwards? I'm always where I'm supposed to right. be. I don't always go back and give a tip. Well, I think that – Because like, I usually forget. Right. If you, but they right. rate you before they know if you, they get a tip. And then they it. also ask for like $10 and you're like, what? <laughs> what kind of rides are you taking? <laughs> no. Hundred dollar Uber. No, ride? sometimes they have like those tiny little water bottles, and they have like a whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? This guy deserves ten dollars. But some, no, yeah, like they're like suggest a tip ten dollars. I'm like, I went like twenty blocks, like for what? <laughs> but you know, these people are using their own cars, and like, no, they deserve. Don't get me wrong, they deserve, they deserve the, the money. money. But like, 
Yeah, they deserve the money. But I still, you know what? Yellow cabs, I'm still down with the yellow cab. You got to be because one day they won't be there for you. And you'll be Ubering and you'll be waiting, waiting. That four minutes, that's 45 minutes sometimes. Right? You're like, I I thought it's going to be here in four minutes. But, you know, (laughs) that was just a joke. So, yes, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe and like and subscribe. Hey, and let's, let's, so Bubbles, that beautiful music that you're hearing. Oh my God. We talk about how much, how great it is. It's the best. As you know, and we, and we talk about Bubbles every, but we, we need to spit out some fucking. Some knowledge. Some knowledge of where you can go catch up on Bubbles. Guess what? Everybody who asked me about the tunes, you need to go to a website called, crazily enough, (laughs) bubblesweb.com. There you go. <laughs> they have um, some videos on there, some photos on there, and some tunes on there. And I think it links to their SoundCloud. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. Shout out to Bubbles NYC on Instagram. Shout out to Loney. <laughs> Loney Baloney. Um, and I'm on the Instagram, Claw Money at Claw Co. And uh, Brad is, of course, at Soundwag, never posting. So (laughs) it's the best. It's the best guy to follow. (laughs) Yeah, I won't clog your feed. I don't self promotion master. You won't ever have to block me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Ciao. 